Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly Solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for every ability level. Check them out at Tacticam.com. And we are also working with Spartan Forge this year. Spartan Forge, if you recall, we had Bill on talking about artificial intelligence in the deer hunting realm. So he's taking insurance company information for car deer accidents, uh, historical weather data, collared deer studies, you name it. Any information that's out there on deer movement is being put into this giant algorithm with billions of data points to figure out the best days to be in the woods. And uh, it's in the beta testing right now. We're using it, and uh, it's very interesting. I've been looking at it. We're going to talk a little bit about that in our next podcast uh, when we recap our season uh, but you can check that out at spartanforge.ai and uh, see if it's something that can help you spartanforge.ai this week's episode we're talking with our friend adrian wilson uh big a sports you may have seen him on the tether nation youtube hunting public youtube Catman YouTube, um, but he's just an all-around great guy, fun, funny. Uh, we always have a fun time talking with him, and I know you guys are going to like this episode because I'm laughing when I'm editing it up, so uh, it's going to be a great one for you. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to our Patreons. You know, Patreons uh, directly uh, fund the show. They 
donate a small amount of money every month and uh, we put them in a drawing for giveaways. Now, for the Patreons, I would try and give away a pack. I want to give away a Mystery Ranch Metcalf, but uh, I called Mystery Ranch. They don't have any in stock and they're not going to have any in stock until after uh, the middle of January. And uh, if we've been dealing, if, if anybody in their workplace or anything has been dealing with supply chain issues, like when they say, oh yeah, it's going to be this time, it's it rarely is so i don't want to count on that we are going to be giving away uh a set of rain gear from badlands um so i may add in uh one of the badlands packs i'm going to take a look at their lineup and see um i, I know that they've got a a convertible meat hauling pack um so i may uh throw one of those in as well but we're going to be giving away a pack of some sort so if you're uh, interested in that, you can check that out at patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast. Um, we also give away a base map package, so uh, base map pro package, and then a, a swag pack with a hat and a t shirt and everything. And uh, if you're interested in base map, I mean, for 30 bucks a year, it's really hard to beat um, the functionality, their hunt wind. I literally use that on every single hunt, and every time I'm thinking about hunting, uh, what you do is you do it just like you do any other mapping software, but you drop a stand or a blind or either one of those icons and you can set the wind. Then it gives you a visualization of the wind that day, hour by hour. And then you can look at the, the next seven days and it'll show you what way the wind is coming out of. So you can see exactly where it's blowing on there. And if you're interested in that, like I said, it's 30 bucks a year for their pro package, but you can use code Chronicles online uh, and save 20%. So it ends up being less than $25. It's $24 for the entire year. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out. And they give away free stuff every week. Um, uh, they've they've got a game to help you use the the software and to use the app. Um, you can check that out at basemap.com. It's super cool. Uh, definitely, but definitely worth it but we uh give away uh, a year subscription to that as well uh to, to our patreons so um and then for the patreons i just did put in that order for the sweatshirts i'll probably have a few extras left over so if anybody's interested in sweatshirts or t-shirts um i've got some of those um but i did put the order in so we'll be getting those here in the next uh couple weeks or so but like i say this episode is a fun one i know you guys are gonna like it Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. I had to pause there because John is here. I had to think about it. I'm at his house, but I was like, yep, John, John's here. He's back from the UP. He's uh, he's back from hunting. We're going to have to uh, do another uh, podcast with uh, Uncle Frank talking about the last little bit of our season and, and John's trip to the UP. And uh, the next podcast that comes out, we're just talking about it, is going to be called Saddle Hunting Cost Me a Buck. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be for all the detractors. Um, but that's another podcast for another day. So t- stay tuned for uh, for next week's podcast. But today we are back with... One of our favorite people, one of my favorite people, uh, Billy Currington, once again, <laughs> Madison Baumgartner, Adrian Wilson, call him what you want. Boom. How you doing? 
What's up, guys? Big A Sports here. <laughs> Addy Baumgartner. You, I mean, I, just a plethora of names going on. Oh, oh man. Oh, goodness. You guys. I mean, and it's you because it's not John because he ain't going to say nothing. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I was going to sing a song for you, but, <laughs> but that's your job, actually. So. <laughs> no. Oh, man. So, um, it, lots of things. I mean, so me and Adrian talk quite a bit, I'd say. Not, not lately. He's been kind of big time in me, I think. Cause he's, Big uh, he's, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see him. He's posting pictures with the hunting public and, you know, his, his right hand cat, man, he's, he's doing all that. And then he was, you know, he was getting filmed by tethered, you know, he's says, I'm too good to, to film myself, but if you all want to send me a cameraman, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. You know, that's not too good. That's just lazy in my end. I mean, I was talking, uh, Shoot, um, I, I hate to even say this is like old name dropping, but I mean, you know, Tether, uh, Taylor Chamberlain, you know, we're all Tethered guys. So he's sitting there telling me last Friday, dude, you need to self film. And I'm just like, I just, it's just not me. Like, it, you know, we've talked about this a few times. I think on the last podcast I did with you guys, we talked about it. And it's just not. Like I, I, I would love to have the, the recordings of that stuff, but like I can't multitask to begin with. And so being in the woods and losing focus of what I'm really there for on this camera stuff, plus it's just more gear and weight and that's why I became a saddle hunter in the first place to get rid of that sort of stuff. So it's just it's just not for me right now. So Taylor's like, dude, okay, here's what we're gonna do. You film it though. And you just send it to me, and I'll do the hard part, and I'll edit it for you, and then I'll put it on my my urban page. I'm like, geez, thanks, um, <laughs> that guy. But no, it's just not for me. I, I, I it's I wish it was. I really wish I had uh, more drive for that, and, and for the guys that are actually doing it. I mean, golly, I think it's phenomenal, phenomenal. I, I mean, like you said, you said Catman a while ago. I see the stuff that that guy goes through, and uh, um, he works his tail off to get the video he does. But he's constantly videoing, and, and I just, I just, I just don't think I can do it. Or I, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I don't want it to cost me. I don't want it to cost me something. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, I've been toting this damn camera around and the arm and all the bullshit that goes with it, and now. Like when I was out west, I didn't do anything with the big camera, but I was worried about. I had the tactic cams and the GoPro, and a, yep, you know, yep. trying to get everything, you know, recorded and doing these videos. And it was like I got caught up in that, and there was like so much pressure. And then I get home and I start carrying the big camera, and I haven't had a shot at a deer yet, but I shot at a coyote when I was up in the UP, and just yeah. trying to deal with the camera and then the the arm I've got. Like you know, we're trying, we're still trying to work out some bugs with that and so the camera yep. keeps drifting and so i'm dinking around trying to get the camera to stay in the spot where it's supposed to be and then you know i get my shot and i just blew it like i rushed it freaking and i'm like and i told adam afterwards i'm like you know i think this this camera shit is is screwing up my system you know and then so the next time we go out i end up i end up dropping the base for the camera arm so i'm like <laughs> 
well, I guess I'm not can't, I'm not filming tonight. But then I'm sitting there thinking I should have the camera. That's <laughs> like, what right. the hell's wrong with me? Like, either you, well, you want well, it or you don't. I think that's that's part of any any time. In my opinion, this is again my opinion. Anytime you add more dynamics to what you're doing, there's room for error, and I know my limitations, and I have very very many, and I know that if I'm up there and I'm trying because. I want to be perfect at all that I, I do, and I'll always fall short, but I'll give it my dangest. And so if I'm sitting there trying to mess with the camera and making sure something's on film and doing all this stuff, I'm going to I'm gonna miss out on a deer that walks by, or I won't notice it to its last minute. And, and it, my luck will be the biggest booner I've ever seen in my life with the naked eye, and I'm going to be sitting there with, what do I have? Oh, I might have him on camera. Well, at the end of the day, I don't care that it's on camera. I want to have my hands around that thing's horns, you know, and I just know, and that's for me. I'm going to, and, and I'm not being a pessimist here. I'm like, I'm a positive, positive person. I think you guys know that. But again, I know my limitations and I don't want something to get in the way that of my end game result of, I like to kill stuff, <laughs> bottom line, <laughs> and have it in my hands and then be able to, you know, partake and eat and, and have all these good this good food and experience at the end of the day, I hate that, you know, uh, I can't do it, but I just know, I just know what I'm good at when I'm not. And that's something a non multitasking son of a gun like myself would fail miserably is what I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking with my, my brother-in-law and it's, it's kind of funny. I was kind of alluded to it with John, you know, we were out hunting with Frank, uh, recently and, you know, his son, Chris, my brother-in-law, he shot his fourth deer ever of his whole life, his third one with a bow this year, and he's yeah. 35 years old or something like that. And so he and I had both killed deer this year, and Frank hasn't, and he's killed, you know, hundreds of deer over the course of his, right. you know, his career. And we were talking about filming, and I'm like, I'm, pr- I'm like the least in our group and our crew and our from the podcast like i mean other than chris i guess but he's not filming but i'm like i'm like the least likely guy to kill a deer and like i'm i'm carrying the camera and doing all this stuff and then i've just happened to i feel like get lucky you know yeah but it's like i you know when i talked to 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 parker i had him on the the podcast you know he says he says you know when i started this thing he said I know I'm a good enough hunter, you know, and I wanted to start filming this stuff. And he's like, I know I can kill deer. I didn't, I didn't need a podcast to help me kill deer or whatever, you know? Right. Right. And it wasn't him being arrogant at all. I mean, you know, Parker. No, I know Parker. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's not his thing. But I was like, fuck man, I'm not a good hunter. Like I'm not, I'm not good at any of this. So like, I don't have that like perfectionist like mentality like well everything has to be perfect or like whatever like everywhere i go i just try and put myself into a position to you know i i have a terrible mindset i'm getting getting better but i'm just like my goal is like i just i just want to see a deer that makes it a successful hunt for me and then to have one well, within bow range you you're, know, you're in a different area of the, of the country than me too you know with you being in michigan and and, and the, the pressure that you know, I was up there last year hunting. I know what the pressure is up up, up there. Uh, not that, that I don't have it down here, but you know, it's just I don't think it's anything like what, what yours is. And so you're what 
you know, everybody's different. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sure I just cut you off. And I don't mean to. I was just jumping in to say that, you know, you're, you're, what, you, what your result uh, that you're looking for, you said you're wanting to see, you, you just want to see deer. And, and uh, you know, I think different people obviously have, have different mindsets there, what they want. And I'm not, here, here's the deal. And I think we might have said this last time too. I'm not looking for a trophy every time I go out and hunt. That would be awesome, but I'm realistic too. I've never, out of all the the bucks I've killed, I think I've scored one of them or had it scored. I don't know what the score of my deer are. I either when I see it, I either know, hey, I like it, I want to shoot it, or I don't. I don't. I don't care. I don't get caught up in that. What makes me happy is being out there and enjoying the nature and the, you know, the experience or the rush uh, and things of that nature. So anyway. Mr. Miller, my apologies. Go ahead and finish what you were saying. It's it's Dr. Miller, but you know you go ahead. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, just just to be clear. Um, but no, I mean, like I'm like the the you, you know when you say that, it's just one of those things where you say that like you try to be perfect and 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not. I've definitely evolved, and I'm not the guy that just wants to go out and see deer that you know like. Dan Infall says that, you know, you sit on the edge of a cornfield just to watch them out there, you know, but like I put myself in, in spots where like, you know, it's that where you might not see a deer. So right. when, when you pick the spot and you do all the, you go through all the, the trouble to get out there and, and figure it out. And then, then it, it pans out, you know, and, and you see deer and you got them in bow range. I mean, that's, that to me like like passing deer also yeah like yep and have them not have any idea that that you're there is like that mm-hmm. that's the ultimate i know that i've said that before on here but, but no that's 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 a, that's a rush man it's it's like um um and, and when i said i said i'm a perfectionist and for me i'm never going to be perfect and i don't it's more of a, a figure of speech i just want to be the best i can be or do the best i can like you know I would say, you know, when it comes to your career and your job, you want to do a good job. You strive to do well. Same thing with hunting. Like, I'll never be the best. And I don't care if I am. I really don't. That's never been a thought in my mind. I want to be the best for me, though. And that might be a bunch of notches down for some other guys. Because, you know, um, for me, when I say the best, it's more of a mindset, really. I love hunting. It makes me happy. That's that's part of being the best for me. I'm going to do what makes me happy. So if if uh, I can go out and uh, I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up and down if if I make a, a, a bad move or I, I take the wrong route to go in and and I, I misread the wind or or something like that. Like it doesn't ha- like I'm not that guy. To where I'm that I'm super anal about that, I, but I'm just—it's more of a figure speech. <laughs> Me, I, I'm a perfectionist, like from the sense of also like, you know, I, we've talked about this. I, I was a high school basketball coach for for 18 years. I took pride in doing working really hard to get better, and that's what I just want to do as a hunter. I just want to get better and learn. Like when you say that, uh, you know, just having a sit where you're able to see deer, and yeah, that was my mindset at one time. Now, um, I'm hunting. I'm, I'm I'm trying to get some big deer now, um, and I'm 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 happy to see deer. Of course, yeah, that's that's very exciting. But the way I'm hunting, 
I'm trying to find the freshest buck sign and, and things of that nature. So for, for me, just to see a buck that is in the caliber of what I'm looking for, um, that's that's kind of more, I guess, up my, my alley right now. And you've, I mean, so uh, I want to get into your season because, you know, you and I had talked about coming on and talking about that bear hunt, but, you know, you, you had some ups and downs earlier in the, in the year, and then uh, and then you just murked the whole family of deer yesterday or a couple days ago. So um, <laughs> we we can talk about that too. But w- one thing, real quick, uh, just on the gear side, you know, you're one of the few people, um, you know. So we uh, and we'll get into it with the bear thing. But like you know, you know we talked to to Jason Red with uh, the carbon fiber sticks with the the timber ninja. But uh-huh. you know, so you're running those sticks, but you've also yep. um, actually had in your hands and played around with um the tethered one stick so and there's not a lot of people i mean so i like to be really up on and have like firsthand knowledge of all of the the climbing systems you know um but anything really um that's why i got so many damn saddles but um i mean when you're 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 talking you know unicorns those are the the tethered ones at this (laughs) point and then you know the Timber Ninja's at a $150 a stick or something like that, you know, to just buy a set to try out is, you know, outside of most people's realm. So, uh, you know, let's get your insight on, on those two. Um, well, so I've got extensive uh, experience with the, uh, the carbon uh, Timber Ninja sticks, carbon fiber. Um, I'm going to tell you, I love them. They were my, they, um, I had those before I ever touched uh, our, our tethered one sticks. Uh, I still don't own those. I have hunted with them here in the last week, and I touched them, I guess, in late July or August. Um, but the, the 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 Timber Ninja sticks is I've got four of them, all with the movable aider, and they are. Golly, that 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 cable aider that 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 comes down that you can pull out. I love that Joker. I mean, I, I think that uh, that that has really been nice because I was always using a movable aider anyway. Um, but I love that. I love the fact that the Timber Ninja sticks are so stinking light. Like, I've never touched another stick that was that light. Um, and the fact that there's no metal there. Like, if, if they clang together by, by accident, it just sounds like uh, someone is – got a set of rattling horns kind of popping them together a little bit so you gotta you got you got multi-uses there for those sticks if you if you drop them you sound like you're, you're rattling something in um i've got the 20 inch version of those um i've been very very pleased with them i'll say that now the the tethered one sticks are uh i i they're they're a little bit lighter, but at some point, come on, they're sub one pounds. I think the Timber Ninjas is like 1.2. I can't sit there and say, oh, I can tell a difference because I can't. You know, when you're holding, just holding one versus the other. Um, the Tethered Ones are, I love the step on those things. I'm a big fan of uh, of our Predator platform, and I know a lot of guys that, that actually – um, will not take a platform because they are looking to be 
uber light and they'll stand on their sticks, which I, I, I could never do that personally. But guys that would do that, I think this stick would be money for them. Um, they, uh, that, I think it's three, three and a half inches uh, of depth there maybe. And, and my calculations could be off there, but I'm pretty sure it's something very similar to that. And um, they're the 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 way they attach to the tree with I don't I don't know our the, the, the term that forgive me for that for being a part of tethered not knowing the term of, of how we're the the buckle or whatever it's called that where you tie those things to the tree with the am still. That's an ingenious thing, in my opinion. It's a really quick, you know, I was actually having this conversation yesterday with one of my buddies. He's like, we we're talking about the Muddy Pros. Those have been my favorite sticks of all time. They're just so daggum heavy because you got that cam cleat. And uh, we're talking about how quick and easy it is. And I was like, dude, you know, I've always thought the same thing. But the one stick with that that little buckle where you you – What's uh what's it called? What do you have on like the boat docks that you take and like a cleat? wrap the rope around? Um, it's just a cleat. Yeah, like a cleat. I was just trying to think of some some fancier the proper word. I guess that's it. So anyway, yeah. Um, but that cleat is awesome. It's not going to move. And a lot of guys ask, can you put an aider on it? Yes, you can. Um, I had a a five step aider that I generally use no matter what sticks I have, because uh, uh, actually it might be a six-step aider. I've had it for years. I take my first stick to the tree, and I put it up as high as I can on the tree. And then I put that five, six-step aider I have, and I use that just for extra height. And then, you know, and then with the, the cable aiders I'm, I use in the Timber Ninjas, I'm getting really high. But I think that uh, the, the biggest thing that I would do with the one sticks that uh, seems like the, the people that have them or getting them that are doing is uh, putting some kind of sound deadening tape or whatnot around them. You know, there's different stuff out there for that uh, stealth wrapping it. But uh, I would do that because not to, so you won't have the metal on metal contact, but here's the, uh, the biggest, the two biggest things with the one stick, the room you have on the step away from the tree is awesome. And how compact those jokers pack up they're so tight and it's crazy that you can have three or four of those sticks and they weigh less than maybe two muddy pros you know what i'm saying that's crazy so um i love them both i really do i think they both got their pros and cons and then it what it comes down to is the individual person using them. Because, John, you were looking at the Timber Ninjas, right? Yeah. That's what you were you were saying, you know. Uh, like, yeah, if I, you know, could spend the money on sticks right now, those would probably have been the ones, you know, those were the ones I was going to get. But I mean, Well, and, the, you know, the thing with the, the tethered one sticks, you called them the unicorn. It seems like, you know, we, we, we did a release that they're coming out here. And then, you know, you got all this COVID stuff going on. It's just putting a damper on a lot of people and I'm not making excuses, but we, we got a few in and, you know, they thought that uh, it'd be best served to let some of the pro staff members have uh, first crack at those. And uh, that's, that's what's happened. So, um, 
you know, I, I will, I don't have any yet. Like I said, I did hunt last week. I was in Kentucky hunting with, uh, uh, Greg Godfrey, actually Parker McDonald and some of our other friends. Uh, and, uh, Greg had some, he let me use his up there on a few hunts and just, just to see what it was going to be like. And I liked them. I liked them fine. Uh, I think them, uh, with what they bring and their stackability and all those things, I think it's, it's a huge, huge, uh, home run in the, in the stick world. And, uh, I, uh, but it's going to come down to per- personal preference between those and, and something like the Timber Ninjas. And I'm not sure 100%. And if I was, I don't know that I'd be able to say anyway, but, uh, you know, I know that, uh, the timber ninja is always working on improving and bettering things so uh seems like that that guy's always got something going on which uh uh i think is the right move in today's market i mean somebody's always coming out with something bigger and better so uh he's not stuck on what he's got if he sees room for improvement um that's what he's going to do and uh i think that's a, a good move on his part so you have a uh you're you're friends with the uh timber ninja i think it was rumored at one time that you guys had like a romantic relationship as well um no but you're getting me confused with billy currington again i think him (laughs) and billy might have had that and since we we favor a little bit but i mean when it comes down to it i'm six five and that joker i mean i'm living right outside of nashville and i'm pretty sure he's around five nine or five ten he's a little guy like john is so <laughs> people get that confused oh uh, okay all right <laughs> <laughs> but uh so, so you were up there with him um on a bear hunt then and uh, yes, that's what yes. we were initially going to talk about you know way back when and then you know we, we got big time we got rolled over what what's big like what are you what are you even referring to <laughs> i'm just God, messing with you I know. You, you got your high profile. I can take, you know I can take it. Friends. You know I can take it. I'm gonna dish it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Jason Red, Timber Ninja. We, uh, Kelly, we've been friends for about a year now, and uh, we've we've gotten pretty tight. You know, he's a great dude. Here, here's a fun fun fact that nobody really cares about, but we happen to realize we have the same birthday as well. How about that? That's true. I remember so, that. Um, but, uh, man, he's a, he's a good dude. So, uh, he, he offered, uh, this past, uh, golly, maybe February, March, somewhere in there. Talked about coming up and doing a bear hunt. He lives in Nashville, North Carolina. Uh, I'm, you know, just south of Nashville, Tennessee. We don't have bears here. I've never been on a bear hunt. I thought it'd be an awesome experience. So I wanted to come up and, and bow hunt for bears and, uh, so is that's it, been planned. And, is it Asheville the like books? the hipster capital of the world? I, if, if it's not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's real close. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed, I enjoy that area. It's, it's beautiful. And the, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different type of people in there. Um, you, you, there's hipster, there's hip, hippie. There's, um, I, I, I can't even go on. I'm just going to stop, but. It's it's a cool place though. I will say that. Yeah, go go ahead. Um, I was just I was just thinking about like the 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 climate there when because when he said he was from Asheville, I was like, 
I was like, man, what a strange place to be, like, have a hunting company. You know what I mean? Like To be the timber ninja. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, but, I mean, come on. You you Yankees up there in Michigan, y'all, you, you've never been there. You don't know what. Y'all think that we all probably live in log cabins down here. We build our own houses, and we're all married to somebody in, in our own family tree, which is <laughs> nope. Um, anyway, I'm kidding. That's no, a, it's a kidding. cool area. You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh here here's here's what i learned being up in there so it's the mountains like it, it is mountainous uh hunting i've never experienced that i've been you know we got a lot of hill hollers here in tennessee and uh but uh, which i feel like i can run up and down all day but so when i went there I got up there on a Thursday evening afternoon, and we were going to whitetail hunt from Thursday through Sunday because black bear season didn't open up to that Monday. So then I was going to hunt black bear that Monday, and that was the main goal was to go black bear hunting, but the whitetail was icing on the cake. And uh, um, I'm going to tell you, I I thought I'd, I'd done a little hill and holler hunting, and I was good to go. Man, Jason Red, I'll say this, he's a beast. He's in shape as I'll get out just because going up the mountains we were going up, I thought we were, I kept asking if we were there yet. I was like the little kid in the back of the car saying, are we there yet? Because I'm dying. I'm sitting there, I mean, and I don't feel like I'm in terrible shape. I know I'm not in great, but I'm not terrible. I I keep up with most, if not go further. I was struggling just just to keep up with this guy. I felt like I was holding him back. Now, it's hot and everything like that, but uh, I'll never forget the, the first place we walked to, he had a camera way back out. In the, uh, and, and This is all public land. We walked about a mile and a half back, and this is, uh, this is going up and down mountainous stuff. And I was, like, excited when we got to that camera to see, obviously, to see what we had and to see and just to sit up and hunt. And he's like, man... I'm not seeing what I want to see. Plus, it looks like there's another hunter that's been in here in the last week, which I've never seen another person on this camera because most people won't come back here. He goes, let's get out of here and go someplace else. I'm like, huh? We just walked a mile and a half. We're hunting back here, Bubba. <laughs> and uh, and he laughed. He's like, no, no, let's go on. So then we hike a mile and a half back out of there and go up to another place. I was like, now, how easy is this to get to? Where, where, you know, you're thinking we need to be. He's like, well, I got some cameras on the back side of the property. It's not too bad. Dude, we went straight uphill for about 45 minutes before we got there. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. So I've got a whole new respect for these guys that are actually mountain hunting. Now, I'm not talking about guys that happen to be in the mountains and then they go, you know, drive up to their, their, their tree. I'm talking about guys that are walking in and out to and hunting all that stuff that's that's a different level and there's a, a a lot of appreciation for that needless to say um we hunted for whitetail and it rained most of the time uh, some a couple of days of rain most all day so we didn't get out but i did see some deer uh nothing in range it was fun uh, just a good experience and then uh that monday we opened up with uh uh, the the black bear season and uh, a lot of people ask you know what uh, what's it like hunting black bear this and that and how do you get them in and what is Jason doing 
Um, he doesn't really black bear hunt. I mean, he's done it. He's got the bears there. No, this is actually on his property. He's got like 150 acres that butts up to a black bear sanctuary, which you cannot go into, obviously. Um, and uh, But you're allowed to bait, and you're allowed to use dogs there in North Carolina for black bear. He doesn't do any either. Um, and, and these are things I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how, how are you going to get the bears in? And he's, he runs some trail cameras and he knows that these bears, uh, they're kind of like deer. They're going to, they're going to sit there and feed on, on, uh, oak, well, white oak trees and stuff like that, which I've never even thought of that. Uh, cause I was like, are we going to put up bait piles and all this? And he's like, you know, I really don't do that. He goes, occasionally I'll put something out just to get, see what's around and get on our camera. But uh, he's setting up these cameras on, on areas that he'd be hunting deer in. So, excuse me, took a bite of a little venison here. Um, oh, yeah, rub it in. <laughs> I haven't eaten tonight, so it's good. Um, anyway, so we go into his property. We're checking out some cameras, and there's this one, one camera. They all got bears on them. He's, it's like three cameras. And he, he just put these on some fingers of some ridges that he's known, like I said, again, a lot of oak trees in there. Well, this one bear has been in there every morning. He's like a 300-something pound bear. And me being a, a, a novice at all of this stuff, I don't know. I mean, 300 pounds sounds, sounds huge to me. I mean, uh, a 200 pounds sounds huge to me. So I didn't know the difference. But to see them. This 300-pound bear looked really like just just a big old fat lard, like big old bear. Um, so anyway, that's the bear I was going to go after. So we saw it on camera a couple of days. I knew how to get in there. Uh, I'd been in there a couple of times. I kind of picked out my tree for my saddle. And uh, <laughs> this, here's the story. So Monday morning comes. We're on the top of the ridge. Jason drops me off, uh, and I walk down the gravel road to, to where the ridge goes out to, to this finger. And so me being, again, where I live, I've never had a fear of anything in the woods. Maybe a snake or something, like a poison snake or something like that, but not that, that something is going to be hunting me. Well, as I'm walking in, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, these bears could hurt me. But I wasn't really that, that scared because, you know, Jason's like, you know, they smell you, they're gone. They're, you know, they, they, they get good senses and smell and all that stuff. So I'm thinking, I'm not worried anyway. They, they, they hear me, they're going to run anyway. And then um, so I go in, it's, it's about an hour till first light, just making sure I was up and set and everything. Well, I get in there, I'm starting to look around with my headlamp. To where that tree is and you guys know what it's like to be in the dark and and finding you know that everything looks totally different so that's why i gave myself more time and, and it, it's a pretty easy area to get to it's just it's a straight shot down this this finger well i'm looking around and, and i'm seeing some things that look familiar but i'm not seeing this tree so then i started thinking well where's this camera at? let me find that camera because that kind of give me a landmark well as i'm looking i see these my, my my headlamp hits on these two two lights off in the distance that are glowing, and you know we're in the mountains, so there's it's not uncommon to see lights from cabins and other stuff far off in the distance, you know, shining through the night. 
But the weird thing was these two lights I'm looking at are green. And I'm like, that's odd. And next thing, I, it just hits me. These these lights, they moved. <laughs> and then it hits me for sure. Oh, my goodness. That is a bear looking at me. I've never seen a bear at, you know, uh, at night anyway, looking at me. And my, the, my lamp is hitting these light, uh, his eyes. And they're green. It's like it's like something you see in a horror movie because this bear's black. Everything out there is black at this point, except for my light and and the glow of his eyes. And it's not as far off as I thought. Like I'm thinking, this is a, a, a cabin <laughs> on the other side of the mountain, and this Joker is like 50 yards away. And I and I'm thinking, well, Jason said they're going to run, and and uh, it ain't running. <laughs> And then I remember why he told me they don't run. If they don't run, they got cubs or they got food. And I'm thinking, it's too dark, and I don't even know what this joker has, and it ain't running. And I'm thinking, I might be the food. So <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to call him, and he ain't answering his phone. Because, again, our service is sketchy up here in the mountains, and he ain't answering. So usually I'd have a firearm on me. I carry one most of the time, uh, but I, I didn't have one. All I could do was try to fight uh, to get my release out of uh, of my bag, as and I got my bow. I don't know where my knife is. Nothing. Like I'm in like survival mode because I just know that these two big glowing eyes are looking at me, and it's probably going to come and kill me. That's <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, or or try to. I mean, I'm going to fight it, but I was I was I've, I've never. I wasn't freaking out, but I'm going to tell you, it was pretty nerve-wracking. And so all I can do, I, um, all I can do at this point is look around and hold my bow and find, try to find a tree super close that I could climb. And I, I knew it was in the right area, but I just didn't know where I was. So anyway, I'm sitting here trying to get my bag off my uh, off my back. And, and get my sticks on a tree while I'm still trying to keep my eyes on these two big glowing eyes that are not moving. Like there, it's not, it's like, it's not running away. And then I get these sticks on the tree. And by the time I do, I realize that these eyes have moved about 20 yards to my right that are closer. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I can't get up the tree fast enough. I'm trying to get my lineman around the tree and get it buckled in my saddle. And, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know what to do because if I if I walk or, or if I if I walk out of there and leave, I'm gonna think this thing's gonna follow me. So all I can think of is I know they can climb trees. I'm just gonna get up this tree, and if it comes, I'm gonna shoot it in the face with with the, with the with the bow. Now, but I'm taking a chance here too because you gotta think I gotta leave my bow on the ground just to climb the tree and then pull it up. So I, I'm leaving myself some room here to potentially die. Um, and Anyway, I'm not. Maybe that sounds dramatic, but in my mind, that was probably good. There's a good chance that was happening. Um, anyway, I get up in the tree, pull my bow up, and I don't see the eyes anymore. And I'm texting Jason Red. He's texting me at this point, and he's laughing. He goes, "Yeah, that's a bear." And I'm like, "Dude, my headlamp is not coming off till first light. I'm just going to tell you, if I don't kill a bear, that's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure. But I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty unnerved right now." 
And uh, anyway, he's laughing at me. He's like, dude, you're good. Just, yeah, there's probably some food or there's cubs. I'm like, yeah, I kind of figured. So at some point, it's not light yet, but I, you know when you can kind of see a little bit and your eyes adjust? I'd cut my lamp off, and I felt pretty comfortable because I, I figured I'd hear it or something like that. And uh, I'm sitting there, and as, as it starts getting light out, I see movement about 30 yards in front of me. And I, what I thought was a squirrel, then I realized, hey, I think that's a cub. Well, then as light comes on and I'm able to get my binos on it, it's not a cub. It's the head of that 300-pound bear. That was the bear looking at me. It never left. It was laying in the same area. And, and this bear was just laying flat on its belly, just shoveling acorns in its mouth. Just like it's exactly like I'm telling you. It's just, it's just like this big slob just, just shoveling these acorns in his mouth. I started kind of giggling to myself. I was like, holy cow, that bear never left. That was the bear. Had to be. Well, I sit there and watch it for about 10 minutes with the binos. And again, it's at 30 yards. Okay. Now, I can't shoot this bear because the tree I climbed uh, put me in a position to uh, have too much stuff around me. Um, I need, so then I'm kind of bummed out thinking, man, um, I don't, because the tree I picked out had a really clear shot, uh, under that oak tree where the acorns were falling and the tree I climbed now did not. So I was kind of bummed thinking, man, I might not get a shot now if it comes, if they come in that way. Well, anyway, I see movement and there's another bear that comes in. Well, the big 300 pounder runs the other bear off. And I was like, well, that's a good sign because if anything comes in, they might run this way. And that's kind of what happened. Well, that's exactly what happened for the most part. That bear that it ran off came back in and it circled the, 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 the oak tree. And it circled the big bear trying to stay out of its way. And it came into my path. And I'm just thinking, that's a pretty good bear in my opinion. And I don't know any different. And I came to kill a bear. So when it came into my, my, my line of, uh, uh, site there where I could have a clear shot. I shot that bear at 17 yards, um, and uh, it uh, had a pass through, and it ran straight down the ridge. Well, I could hear it. Um, the big bear never moved. Uh, it never made it. It wasn't bothered by any of that. It wasn't like it was a loud noise. A lot of people asked me, did I hear the the death moan? I never did, but that's uh. That's in a nutshell. I know from me the long being long winded with it, but that that's that's the story. <laughs> I mean, I've, it's funny for me because I've heard the story. This is the first time John's hearing it. He's over there just chuckling, you know. And uh, I've never bear hunted. I don't. I've never seen a bear in the woods. I don't know how I would. Well, I just react. Know, like. I mean, you're talking about like you know growing up here in Lower Michigan. I mean, when I was growing up, there was no bears in the in the lower peninsula i mean not in our area so it's the same thing like there's nothing in the woods that are that's gonna you know hurt you really i mean oh yeah you know and then i remember going up to the our upper peninsula and i remember going up there with my brother and when my brother was younger he was scared of heights so he would just he would always sit on the ground and so i remember going to the up and we're out scouting and all of a sudden we run into these guys and they got like a big barrel of like donuts and 
syrup and all this shit. <laughs> and uh, we're like, oh yeah, we got we got a you know we got this big bear. Like there's this 350 pounder and there's a 400 pounder and like holy shit, we're walking out here in the dark, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I remember my brother like. I remember walking out the first morning and it was like the hair in the back of my neck would start standing up like thinking about this and, and my brother sitting on the ground well that was like the last time he sat on the ground next thing you know he's like give me one of the tree stands I'm not I'm going up a tree <laughs> but, so yeah it, it definitely makes you think about it when you're not alone it's, uh, there. it's a lot different you know a lot of people don't like I know hunters that will not walk in before gray light because they want to see where they're going because they're a little nervous about this or that. Um, I've never been bothered by that, but there's times, you know, you hear different noises in the wood and make you think and your mind might get going a little bit, but it's never been super crazy. It's never bothered me, but I'm going to tell you, you being there in the dark and even though I had that headlamp, that, that, that bear, his whole body's black, right? Right. So it's blending in. It's like with the darkness, all you see are these eyes. And then I, I, I don't know. Now I start thinking, does it have friends? <laughs> are there other bears? <laughs> like, is it, I mean, is it like a, a pack of coyotes? Do they have some kind of conversation and they surround me? <laughs> like, I, I, like, there's, I'm going to tell you. Yep. It was, it, it, it was different. I'm going to tell you, it was fun. A lot of people ask me, hey, you know, how does it compare to, say, your whitetail hunting? Like, what are your thoughts and this and that? It's totally different. It is. I, I like to go hunting. I like to kill things. I like to turkey hunt. I like to fish. Everything, every one of those things gives me a rush in some form or fashion. Uh, bear hunting was no different. It was a rush. I, I, I wanted to kill a bear. I wanted to experience that. And I... It got my adrenaline pumping actually before the hunt as I was walking in. That was one way to do it, which I wasn't expecting. I would, I would prefer not to have that adrenaline again. Um, but to draw back and, and, and shoot, shoot the animal, and, and, and it, it was awesome. Now, here's the deal. That bear ran straight down, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but straight down the ridge. like It, it was steep. And, and it died at uh, around 70 yards away. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw my, again, I don't video, I don't, uh, but like on Instagram, I, I videoed the blood trail where Jason and I had followed it. And uh, it was a highway, guy, it was a highway. Anyway, that bear I shot was around uh, 200 pounds. And Jason and I drug it up. We didn't, we didn't clean it or anything until we got it back up to where we wanted to. We had to bring it back up that ridge. I'm going to tell you, that was one of the toughest drags I've ever done. That thing was heavy. And uh, going straight uphill again in the mountains, I did not enjoy that um, at all. Um, next time I said, Jason, if I killed it, like, I couldn't imagine if I killed that 300-pound bear. And he's like, well, if we would have done that, you know, we would have quartered it out, which, yeah, I get that. But, my goodness, that's no fun. Uh, but... So, at the end of the day, my thoughts are, I killed that bear. If I, if I got a chance to go the next day, I don't know that I'd do it. <laughs> where, where the diff now, now, I want to do it again, yes. That's not my point. I'm just saying, 
I was good. I was pretty satisfied. Now, <laughs> now here's the deal. I killed I killed a, a buck last Friday, this past Friday. I'd be more than jacked to try and go kill another one the next day. You right. know what I'm saying? It's just a different thing. I mean, I, I, I love whitetail hunting is my thing. That's where that's where I, I want to be and what I want to be doing. I'll go and kill some other things if I get the chance and the experience to do so, but uh, it's just, it's not the same rush for me. It's still a rush, but the rush of killing uh, a mature whitetail is it for me. So with bear hunting, just I got a couple questions, just because I'm I'm pretty sure, and I think you know we could have uh, drawn bear tags here this year. But next year, I think because of the way that all the seasons and everything line up, that I'll probably draw a tag here for Michigan. And mm-hmm. um, so a couple things. So I've heard, and this is, it doesn't sound like that was your case, but like, you know, occasionally you'll get like the blood trails aren't that great um, because of like the fur like if you got a real thick hide the blood gets caught up in the the fur and the fat too the fat yeah. is, is more and then um and then shot placement because it seems like everything is further back on a bear so i guess what was your like um i don't know education or like um thoughts uh, well, going into the hunt <laughs> as far as that that's goes. a good question yeah that's a great question jason was telling me it's a little bit different shot and uh, he, he 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 said, you know, it's a different shot. It's it's. He said, if you can, if you can, try to get it taking a quartering away step. And that's exactly. I didn't have to wait on that. That's just what happened. And literally, uh, why while it was I was sitting in the tree, I'd already looked at this, but I'd already Googled shot placements on bears. <laughs> I mean, I'd already done my homework, but I was kind of going back and researching to make sure, hey, I didn't want to mess up. You know, I don't want to wound or hurt any animal. And, and uh, um, I'm pretty confident in my in my shooting abilities. That's not an arrogance. I just practice enough to where I feel most of the time I'm going to put that arrow right where I got the pin. And so uh, I put it right behind uh, when he took that step with his left foot, I shot him on the left side, front left uh, foot. I, I, it was a pass through. Actually, it's it's a different look because you don't have because you do have all that fur. You don't have the def- definition that you see on the deer, right? Where where the shoulder and all that stuff. Um, so, I, when he took a step, I put it to where I thought I was right, and uh, it just so happened um, it was a heart shot. And uh, again, the pass through, the, the the bear just had such a flow of blood coming out. It probably died just from uh, running out of blood. I was using a uh, a kudu um, point, and that was the first time I'd used that. Um, I think if you guys remember, with my uh, velvet buck in August that I shot, I was using a mechanical. I've always used mechanicals, but. I didn't want to, I hit opposite shoulder and that mechanical just get, didn't get the penetration. I, I recovered it, but it was not a pass through. 
and I wanted to make sure that didn't happen again. So um, I was very pleased with that kudu point. Uh, I've also uh, got some iron wheel uh, heads that uh, I've enjoyed shooting too. So um, anyway, I just happened to uh, put a good shot in that bear and he didn't go very far. But uh, I think it's a good question because some animals have the vitals. Even though they're in a, a similar place, it's not exactly the same as shooting like like I'm used to on the whitetail. Yeah, and I think, you know, that muscle memory type thing is like you, you know, you once you get to full draw, you're going to be like, okay, this is where it needs to be because this is what I've done so many times before. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, not necessarily the case. Correct. Let, let's talk about that. Um that that hunt you're talking about there with the mechanical that's that's what i kind of alluded to with the, like the the kind of ups and downs man like i would like to to hear from the like and, and, and you know for the listener like you and i have already really had this conversation so it's not like i'm like just trying to well i'd like to kick hear it, kick so kick you while you're down um yeah but but you're you know so you're you're your whitetail hunt, you know, the one that was in Tennessee, right? That was a velvet hunt. Yeah, we have a, so regular archery season in Tennessee has always started at the end of September for us. And, and three years ago, they implemented a weekend or a three day, uh, velvet hunt, uh, in late August. And, uh, so me being with tethered, uh, we're trying, you know, put out some videos of hunts this year. Uh, and that was the first one. And, uh, I'd, I'd, well, let me, let me go back and say the velvet hunts by Tennessee in Tennessee were, were a hundred percent on private land only. They would not let you do it on public land. They said that was one of the things. So you had to do it on private land. Well, uh, last year, CWD hit the West part of, of Tennessee. And so, they allowed in those counties in the West, certain counties that were CWD counties, to, to be hunted uh, on public land, and they allowed you to use, allowed you to to use a rifle. Um, matter of fact, uh, uh, buddy Adam Cruz, you probably know Adam, um, killed one with a rifle. I think Par- well Parker filmed it or, or filmed part of that hunt on Southern ground. But, uh, anyway, I was on private land cause I was here in middle Tennessee and, uh, I've been running cameras specifically for this hunt, this velvet hunt, uh, all summer. And man, it was, uh, it, a plan came together and it worked a hundred percent for the most part, as far as the deer doing what you would hope they would do. Obviously anytime you're hunting, you can't predict exactly what's going to happen, but if I could script my entry, my wind, the best stand location, and the deer coming out like I've needed it to and, and seen uh, it do, that's exactly what happened on this hunt. The, the, uh, I'm, in a can- uh, I'm in a tree. The tree literally two feet from me. Uh, we've got a cameraman filming the whole thing. It was so fast. The deer came out about an hour earlier than we expected, though. We literally were sitting there just talking, and I was on my phone showing him pictures of the deer 
there's four deer that I had marked as shooters that I wanted to take. I would have been happy with either any of them. I'm sitting there showing them that, hey, yeah, they come out about um, 6 o'clock, somewhere in there, typically. And here it is about 5, 5.15. And as I've got my phone in hand, he's uh, the cameraman is going, Adrian, Adrian, there he is, there he is, there he is. And next thing I know, I'm looking at this deer come right out of the wood line. And he's on top of us. And I just, I, I knew he, he had his, well, if you, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the video, we had the hurricane rains coming through Tennessee at the time. It had been raining all day, and we had a stoppage in, in rain, and it just happened to be a good time. I knew if the rain stopped, the deer would come out, and that's what happened. And Anyway, he had the camera ready and rolling, and I drew back and, and, and put uh, a shot on the deer. Um, felt like a good shot, looked good on camera. If anything, it might have been a touch forward, but it wasn't terrible. Um, it's a kill shot. I knew it was a kill shot. But going back and looking at the film, we could see that arrow go in about uh, 12 inches. But then it, as he ran, you could see it hanging out. So obviously we, we knew we didn't get complete pass through. And it looked like it hit opposite shoulder. And that's, that's what we're guessing still to this day because it took us two days to recover that deer. We found it about 150 yards away, but the, the, the coyotes had, had cleaned them all out. Now, um, the velvet is still 99% good and intact, you know, which is nice. I mean, that's part of the trophy. I mean, but, but for the sake of the deer, yeah, I wish I had that meat. I, I really do. But at the end of the day, it's part of the hunt. It's part of hunting. Um, I've never lost a deer in my life, uh, ever. And that's, that's, that's not arrogance. That's luck. I know that because it's going to happen at some point. There's so many factors that come into play on a shot, uh, uh, even whether it's rifle, bow, whatever. Um, but I was super stoked that I was able to find that deer. I didn't give up. I kept looking because I knew the deer was dead. I knew that shot was lethal based on the, the, I did find the arrow um, later on that night. Uh, and based on the blood that I had on there, I knew the deer was dead and we got a dog on it the next morning. A lot of the rain uh, had really washed out some stuff and uh, hampered the, the recovery efforts. But uh, anyway, I'll let you take it over from there. I know you got some questions. Well, I mean, like what we had, we, you and I had talked about, you know, like I said, it's not a indictment or anything like that, but like, what would you do differently? I mean, what, what went, you kind of outlined the things that went right and a little bit of the things that, that went wrong, you know, even in leading up to it and saying that, you know, you had switched, switch broadheads and stuff, but with the weather and, you know, all of those, uh, factors, like, uh, what would you do differently? I mean, you made a kill shot. It, it was, you know, everything kind of so went, went. Did you not have a good blood trail? Is that what, what happened or did rain it get, yeah. the, the rain started the, up again? The, well, it didn't rain right away. It didn't, as a matter of fact, it didn't rain again until overnight. We had to, we had to pull out of there. The, the, we did not find blood, um, because it wasn't a pass through. Now, when I found my arrow, we found a little blood right there. 
And what it was was I shot that deer fixing to go into a cornfield. And we had scoured that cornfield. Like, it was, there's was acres and acres. And uh, we just, I just assumed the way it ran, it went into the cornfield. And there was no blood, though. All I had to go on was tracks. Um, and after a while, there's so many deer tracks in that cornfield, you know, I kind of lost track of that one particular buck. So then when I found the arrow, it was going back up the ridge into the wood line. Then I realized, okay, we've been looking in the wrong place. Um, and so we backed out and got a dog. And um, the dog got on and found blood immediately that we didn't see when it was dark. Um, and here's the deal. I, 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 the guy that helped that had the dog, um, great guy. I, I have no experience with dogs. Um, later on, he he told me that he he thinks he might have messed up and pulled that dog off that deer because he thought it was an area. He thought that we had backtracked or walked over and the dog was on a scent from our boots. Hmm. Now, who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe that happened. Maybe it wasn't. At the end of the day, here's what I would change and what I wouldn't change. Me, like I said, I've never lost a deer. All the deer that I've ever killed, I've seen die in front of my eyes or I've heard them crash in the woods, okay? So taking that from my background, even though it had been raining, I knew, I knew it, we had a long window where it was not going to rain anymore. So in my mind, if I'm shooting a deer, I'm going to watch it die or I'm going to hear it die. I'm not worried about the rain because it wasn't raining anymore till maybe the middle of the night. So, you know, uh, some people will say, oh, you got to shoot a heavier arrow or you can't shoot this or that's broadhead and that broadhead. I don't disagree with them, but everybody's got the right to their own opinion. At the same time, I've never used a heavy arrow. I've always shot mechanicals and I've always killed. I'm not, that's not arrogance. That's, that's the truth. That's what's happened. I've got the proof, you know? So, um, so now I had before season started, wanted to play around with an, a heavier arrow set for sure. You know, I've, I've looked into the science behind it and all that. And that was something I did. I, I wanted to play with, I, uh, again, I, I'm a person that researches and I want to get all the facts and, and before I jump on anything, well, this past spring, um, I actually had elbow surgery. I had tendonitis really bad in my left elbow. I'm a southpaw shooter. So I never got to play around with that stuff because after I had surgery, I wasn't able to shoot a bow till late July. And when I was shooting a bow in late July, I was only pulling 50 pounds at the time because I couldn't do anymore. So there's no way I'm going to change what's been working for me for years. So, anyway, so I was good with what I had. So, with that being said, at the end of the day, I would have, if I could have changed something that day, I would have uh, changed from a mechanical to um, something like I, I use on the bear, like the kudu or the or the iron wheel uh, broadhead. Um, and I will say, going into next year, I will be. I plan on using a heavier arrow set, whatever that is. I don't know, 
But, I mean, I do believe in the science and stuff behind it. But, you know, for, for I'll take criticism all day. I don't mind. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It's part of it. I get that. It's part of what I do. I just think it's crazy, though, that everybody's quick to, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that, heavy arrow, heavy arrow, heavy arrow. That's a pretty new concept to everybody, though. So, like, I don't um, – it doesn't bother me. Like at the end, of the, I sleep well because um, I, I I did the best that I, I could based on the knowledge that I could or I knew. And at the end of the day, too, I went and found that deer. A lot of people would have get, given up after three days. I knew that deer was dead. I, if you remember, I said it's a three-day hunt. A lot of people might have not found that deer on Friday like me and hunted Saturday and Sunday. No, I owed it to myself, the animal. I knew I'd find that deer. I was confident in it. I saw the shot. I watched it many times. I got a lot of opinions from friends and other hunters, and uh, I hate that I didn't recover it that night, but at the end of the day, what did I do over again? Different broadhead is what I know now. Now, if I had an, uh, I still can't speak on the heavier arrow set, but I think I'll be changing to that. Maybe, maybe that too, but right now I can't speak on that. Well, I, I wasn't saying one way or the other i just like i said for for like the listener you know it's i i feel like and i don't i don't know why um i don't know why but maybe i'm just like a little bit more like sensitive to it this year but i feel like through social media and like people that follow the show and and stuff like that people that i see on online that there's been a lot more like people losing deer or like you know um you know i don't know like i I've, like bad hits and and stuff like that because i get a lot of uh, i get a lot of text i'm you know i mean i'm sure you do too just from people like saying hey what do you think of this hit or this blood or like yeah. this is what happened yeah. you know yeah. i mean if you if you live and breathe like talking bow hunting then you know that's those are the people that you talk to i mean uh, you know essentially but it just seems like there's been a lot of a lot of people with like you know bad hits and stuff this year, and I was trying to think about like. Well, I want to thinking about like everyone going to the you know it's like a fad again or whatever. It's like the heavy arrows that they, they were a thing way back. I mean, back when we used to sh- shoot Eastons, you know, aluminum arrows, they were heavy back then. But 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 like one thing that I read, and this kind of goes into your uh, maybe not your story, but like your history for sure. Is that like yep. the, 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 and I'm, I'm kind of speaking to John here, but like the, the overdraw, like is where the, the speed fad, like changed oh, things, you know? So yeah. your dad yep. was like prototypical <laughs> prototyping. Oh yeah. We, we built, I mean, we built some crazy ass short arrows and, you know, overdraw trying to get, you know, faster speeds and smaller diameter arrow, mm-hmm. you know, but so, but what I'm thinking, you know, my thought process on this whole thing, like you're saying with like a lot of people getting bad hits and stuff, they think, well, I got this big, heavy arrow. I can just shoot at any angle and, you know, put a bad shot on a deer and still get it. I'm just going to shoot through that front shoulder. I mean, you just pointed at me. (laughs) (laughs) I shoot, I've been shooting him in the neck for years, John. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I've seen like all the videos I've been watching and stuff and man, I've seen a lot of questionable shots like, man, you know, that's quartering two and, you know, or even like a partial frontal. And 
it just some of them seem just kind of iffy, especially as you know. I guess maybe if it was like five or ten yards, it might be a different story. But and then what broad have were you shooting? If you, I, mean, I was shooting a, a, a NAP kill zone. Oh, okay, that so that hurts me. So the NAP kill zone is that? Do those open backwards? It's, it's, it's it a would slip be like cam a rage. Slip cam. Okay, it'd be like a rage. Yeah, right. Because you know, I've there was a couple videos. I can't remember which what uh, show it was I was watching, but you know, I used to shoot the old NAP split fire, mm-hmm. and I had some really crazy like pastures and arrows. I mean, deflecting. Literally, I had one. I shot this doe, and the arrow went up at, like straight up. It went through her. It must have just been the way she dropped or whatever, but yeah. And the arrow flew up straight up in the air, come down. But like, I just watched a couple videos where, you know, when that split fire opens, like especially when the the blades are, you know, they're pointed forward, they hit. Now they're a great head for like shooting turkeys. I I believe, you know, because you want it to like slow down. Shock them. Yeah. But I watched and the guy shot this. He's on the ground and he shoots it and it's kind of forward and it comes out like way back in like the guts. And they're like, yeah. And they're talking about, you know, arrow deflecting. It's like, well, that's definitely going to happen with those those type of broadheads. A mechanical that opens backwards, uh, you're, you're, you're losing a lot of energy and it's doing a lot of deflection. Well, Adrian, when I say that about the – the nap kill zones and it just like say that it just like kind of pains me is you know we we talked about it um on this podcast uh the one where we were talking about the the bucks that we killed in october but like ernie so he switched to uh, heavy arrows and i mean he was blowing through deer at 35 yards you know that the deer didn't even notice that they were hit or you know just crazy with and he's not shooting a very like a super heavy arrow or anything like that, but he, you know, we, when we, he's very anal and very analytical. And when we sat down with Troy at, at ATA and he was there for the podcast, it was just like, man, I got to do this. You know, he was all in, but I tracked a deer that Ernie shot at 17 yards with a nap kill zone. Didn't get a pass through on this doe at 17 yards and we tracked this deer for like six or seven hundred yards, and it was just the most ridiculous thing. And like, uh, you know, I've said it. You know, we've talked to guys that have broadheads on the on the show here, and it's just like broadheads are the best thing ever when they work, and then when they don't, they're the worst thing ever. And like for me, that's that was like my first hand. Like I'll never shoot that broadhead because of that it, that failure right there, yep. that one yep. time, you know. Well, and that's that's a perfect example of what happened to me. Like, like I said, I've I've sh- I couldn't tell you how many deer I've killed with actually. So I've been using the kill zones for two years, and before that, I was using the Spitfires. I used those for years, mm-hmm. and I don't. I've had so many pass throughs, and um, and then if it's not a pass through, I've hit opposite shoulder. Like I've had to like when I've recovered the deer. Um, I've taken the I've taken the the broadhead. Actually, I've had to pull it out of the opposite shoulder when I, when I'm taking you know cleaning the deer. And uh, like like last year in uh, Mississippi, when I was down there in January with THP, that was a kill zone on that on that Mississippi swamp buck. Uh, that 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 thing went 50 yards. Like and and it actually hit opposite shoulder. 
it, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't understand the dynamics of everything. But, you know, the, the deer, the velvet deer that we're talking about, I shot it at, what, about 20 yards, if that. I don't even know. It wasn't even that. And, and you got to think, I've got a long draw. I mean, I, 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 I don't have an answer. I just know that, hey, I don't want that to happen again. I want it to blow through the shoulder. And so I, I'd never experienced that. And when I did, I, I, I made a change. I just, if I, if I can be better and do better, I want to do that. And I went to the animal and, and, and myself and, and the time and effort that I put in. Um, because, I mean, come on. There's a lot of people using things and doing things out there now. And I don't have anything in mind in particular. But, but they could be doing it wrong or using the wrong equipment. But it's worked uh, for this or that. And, you know. I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but like, here's the deal. There's guys out there using uh, stick bows. I have nothing. I have no issue with that whatsoever. This is not me slamming that because I'm not. But you could say the same thing. You're not getting the same force out of that that you are a compound bow. You know, there's just so many things that you could argue and this and that. And I just, as long as you're trying to be ethical and do the best you can, like I wasn't. I'm not using a mechanical because I don't want to recover my deer. I mean, are you stupid? No. You no. think? I, I mean, you think? You think? Oh well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this mechanical and maybe I get it, maybe I don't. No. Are you kidding me? No, I think God. so. I think so. I, on that note, like as far as like the the traditional guys, like I think the traditional guys are like the most diligent guys. Like maybe like the hipster traditional hunter that you know like doesn't do whatever i would say and and like this is where like i try and shy away from like creating hate or drama or inner hunter stuff but personally and i've i mean i got a good buddy that did the same thing this year and you know you know he uh, luckily recovered the deer and everything but like the crossbow guys that pick it up and think it's like the gun that they sighted in like last year and they don't or or even the guys that don't don't check their equipment and they just pull it out of the case a week before the season you yeah. know i mean yeah well i, and, I do have that's a problem the, that's I mean, the thing you know we've we've got this is a whole nother rabbit hole but, but I, crossbow is not a freaking i mean they can say the same thing you know like well if you're that if you're that you know what you want to be you know the bow hunter then go back to a stick bow well i still have to the vertical bow, you still have to draw it back. You still have to hold it. You still have to, you know, focus everything. When you when you're shooting a crossbow, you have that thing cocked. You have a scope on. It's like shooting a gun. It is a gun. It, it, you know. Well, well, and what if you don't shoot it before you go out? Oh, right, exactly. It's, it's, well, it, it, my you, buddies, <laughs> my another one of my buddies, his dad. You know, I call him Rodney. You know, sorry for all the actual Rodneys out there, but <laughs> he. This he's like he's an actual clown. I mean, this guy. He goes out and he like it wasn't last year before he ended up wounding like three deer with his crossbow. I'm like, how the fuck? Excuse my language. Are you? Did he shoot it? <laughs> well, and so he's like, hey, dad, you shoot? Well, no, I shot it last year. Well, what the hell? You're just going out with a. a a bow, it's still got a string. Everything can change on that, especially of sitting around for a year. And who knows if it was in this trunk or out in the, out in the barn or whatever. 
you owe it to the animal to get out and shoot that thing a few times. I don't care if it is hard to cock. Well, and that's, you nailed it. I mean, and that's with anything, gun, muzzleloader, your bow, stick and string. If you're not putting the time and practice in, you are, you, that, that, that is a disgrace to, to hunting, in my opinion, to the animal that you are hunting. And and I'm I'm not done talking here because I am long winded. But Adam, have you ever heard John be so passionate about anything? <laughs> you get you get that Joker talking about crossbows, man. <laughs> now, now, and it, but here's the deal. I brought I said stick and string. Like I said, I did. I'm not using that to say slight that in any way. It was just an analogy to say, okay, you know, you can make an argument about anything right. as far as you know the speed of the arrow and stuff like that because those guys. That's an art, in my opinion. Those guys are awesome that, that do that, and uh, that's awesome. I, I don't. I use a compound. That's just that's my, my thing. But I, I, I am you – no, know, John, we might not be friends anymore after I say this, but you're just going to have to deal with it, son. <laughs> um, got guys that, that want to shoot crossbows, that's their opinion. I, 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 it's not for me. I wouldn't do it. But if that's what a guy wants to do or for whatever reason – more power to them, but you better you better put the practice in. Right. That's all. That's my only thing. Put practice in. If you're going to go and try to kill anything, and in a, in a sportsman-like way, you better practice before you just go out there and do that junk. That that, that now that gets me fired up. Now, as long as it's any kind of legal means, I'm okay with it. Doesn't mean I do it. Again, everybody's got their opinion. I just I don't like, and I'm not getting political or anything like that, but. Everybody, I'm tired of everybody's opinion. Like when, 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 from the standpoint of them telling you you're wrong because you do this, 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 and this. If it's legal and I put my time and I busted my tail to do it, heck yeah, I'm going to do it. So that's my that's my only gripe. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I mean, if you want if you want to use a crossbow, that's that's completely your prerogative. You know, I just there's we've had. You know, like I remember being down in Ohio the one year, and you know, we were back to camp and we had killed a couple bucks, and then uh, we were in this campground, and it was hunters from all—I mean, all over the country. Like, there's 60 cabins, and there was, you know, probably 30 different state plates in there. No shit. But we're we're taking care of our deer, and these guys come down. They're like, "Hey, we killed one tonight. You know, do you mind if we uh, use your, you know, because we had a." Uh, the gambrel yeah the gambrel hook and you know pull yep. cable pulley system the portable stuff and they're like yeah no kidding so they they bring it down and this is a monster buck like just a a duke man and you're talking about hey, wait, wait. just just to clarify a duke is good and a rodney is bad right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but rodney shot this but rodney shot the duke <laughs> you know so you know we had just got done cleaning up our our deer and stuff and these guys are they're bringing it down i'm i go in and i'm like in the process of making dinner for everybody and then i'm i come back out on this you know they're like man you got to go check this buck out i get out there i'm like holy crap this is you know it was probably a, a 180 yeah it was it was a 12 wow. point crab claw like yeah it, it was, was just a beautiful buck and then they're talking you know the story and the guy's like i think he said he was like 37 or 35 yards like wow man that's you know hell of a shot blah, and he, blah. This, yeah. this guy thinks it's like 120 he thinks it's you know he doesn't even know what he's got right you know <laughs> and uh 
Rodney's. He had said something about, I'm like, well, what kind of, what bow are you shooting? And he shot with a crossbow. I'm like, oh, all right, well, nice buck. I turned around, went back in and finished cooking. Cause I was like, <laughs> to me, I mean, that's great. That's great for him. But if my thought press, like, I'm going to shoot my vertical bow until I physically can't shoot a bow that's capable of killing a deer because right. that's bow hunting to me. You know, bless me. I've, I've never even shot a crossbow. I haven't. Um, and like I said, I, I don't, that's my, that's my choice. I, I'm not anti. I just, I, I like what I like. I like my bow. All right. And, uh, so Adrian, you've got like, two daughters like where do they fall because i I mean my daughter's gonna hunt the youth hunt next year and she's gonna shoot a rifle but like where do you fall with like like your two daughters and i don't know if they want to hunt or they whatever but like do you see it as like the gateway drug to i mean verbatim this is what my daughter told me we were were talking the other day and, and we were talking about uh hunting and she says I said, you know, we were talking about like girls that hunt and and stuff like that. And, and mind you, my daughter's five, and she says, she says, yeah, I think I'm gonna hunt. I said, what are you gonna hunt? She says, I'm gonna hunt elk. I'm gonna hunt turkey. I'm gonna hunt. I'm gonna hunt does. She says, she says, uh, I want to kill a bear. We've never eaten bear, Dad. So we're gonna we're gonna hunt a bear. And I said, well, were you gonna hunt with a gun or or a bow? And she says, like this is what her words. I think I'm going to stick to the bow for now because I didn't get to shoot the gun this year for the youth hunt. So uh, how do you see, like, like my daughter wants to hunt with a bow, but, like, you know, she's not going to be able to put all that process, you know, for, for many, many years, but her enthusiasm is there. So where do you see, like, for in your scope of parenting, hunting, and, and, and all of that? Okay, so my youngest daughter... Pace, she's eight years old. She has been out hunting with me, but she has not been the hunter. Um, my oldest daughter, daughter, Harper, she's 10. She'll be 11 actually here in December. She killed a her, one deer, uh, not last year, two years ago. She was, she was eight or nine. Uh, she, she shot a buck. She, got, she shot a nice buck, actually. It'd been a great, it's a great first deer. It's probably about a 115 inches for first buck, um, first deer. And uh, she shot that with a seven millimeter 08 youth uh, stock. And I got her, uh, what round was it? It was a Hornady, like a light round. And, uh, She's also killed a gobbler uh, with, I had some, a, a 20 gauge Benelli Nova with, uh, I had some shells made for her that, that would not, uh, and I also got her like a comfort tech, like super cushiony pad on her gun. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that if she wants to go do these things, I will give her all the access that I can. Um, you know, a lot of the kids are going to follow parents' footsteps and, and, and kind of do, and they emulate what, what we're doing uh, in, in pretty much everything in life. Um, so she used a gun and a, and a shotgun. 
I've given them bows like as toys since they were babies. And uh, I've got video and pictures of them shooting and all this stuff. And they say they want to shoot bows. I've never even introduced them to crossbows because I have no experience with them myself. I don't even, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're old enough to know what they probably are, but I've never even talked to them about that. So um, I think that to answer your question, um, if they ask me about it, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And as a parent, I want to teach them, you know, proper etiquette in anything they do. But uh, sometimes they got to learn for themselves. I, I, I just, I don't know. It's a tough question. Like, if they ask for a crossbow, I don't know. One, I probably, I, I don't know how I'd deal with, with that question unless I was presented with it. You know, I feel like at, at that point in time, I'd, I'd handle it. But I don't, if they wanted to use a crossbow, I'd, I wouldn't tell them no, I don't think. I might, if, they, if they're not able to pull a bow back, and and have it uh pull enough poundage back to where they'd ethically kill i I wouldn't let them do that yeah i think i'd let them use a crossbow but as they got older i think i think that they see me using the bow i think that they would gravitate towards that but at the same time i don't want to keep here here's and here's the problem with and walter lee and i were talking about this the other day in general in our hunting society and social media nowadays, you know, hunters give hunters, other hunters a bad name. If, if my daughter wants to go shoot a crossbow, whether I agree with it or not, and she's out there having fun hunting and she's doing it in the, in the legal means, let her do it. That's my, I guess that's my thought. And that's the thing Walter and I were talking about. Like there's so many hunters. I mean, you can't go on any kind of social media page about hunting and a guy posting a picture of let's say a let's say it's a hundred inch deer uh, uh, in a in a big buck state, right? That grows them big, and and somebody hey says something hey sh- uh, this is my first deer. There's going to be someone that's going to rip that person, right. and that's the problem in our society as hunters. You know, I hunt because I love it, and and I, I do like the meat, and it. Yeah, there's there's a trophy part of it for me. Uh, there is. But like I said, I've never even uh, scored my deer for the most part. Like I might, you know, I've hunted enough to kind of look at, at one and see. But you know how that goes. When you're in a situation where you see something that looks big, um, you're not going to sit there and say, well, I think that's 140. I think it's okay to shoot. Because we've all had ground shrinkage when we walk up, too. I'm having fun. That's why I do it. I love to hunt because I like the challenge. I like to match uh, my wits with with nature and see if I can get in close range and, and be able to kill that animal and put food on my table. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I don't make a ton of money, but I'm not. it's not life or death that I have to kill a deer to put food on my table to feed my family. I'm doing it because I love it. I love the rush. I love the kill. And, I, and everything else is a bonus. So if my daughter, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, if she wants to hunt with a crossbow and that's what's fun for her, honey, let's go get you a crossbow. Yeah, anything to, to get the kids involved and get them, you know, get, get that spark. But then I think we mentioned this before. I don't remember who said it first, but it's like, you know, 
you don't ask your kids, hey, let's go out and shoot our crossbows, you know? <laughs> like, I'll yeah. ask my son, hey, let's go out and shoot our bows, you know? Let's go up to 4Bs and shoot the 3D course. You don't see people doing that with crossbows, you know? I mean, it's right. it's like a social thing. It's a family thing, you know? So, like, when your kid does get, you know, you can you can initiate him with the crossbow because, like you said, if they can't pull the poundage but they want to get out there and hunt and it's archery season and it's completely legal to, to – hunt with a crossbow that's perfect they want to get out there and do right. it get them into it but then yeah. like yeah. encourage them like i mean obviously you and i and adam we love shooting our bows and it's something that you know i usually do like i try to do it every day you know especially like during the summer and summer months and stuff like that and then it's just a way to you know do something with the way social media and everything's everybody's got all their electronic device it's a way to like unplug get out and like hey have some family time and get the kids involved even if they can't hunt with it yet well i mean like when you say that like it just you know it just like warms my heart it makes me like smile because i think back like it was you know a little bit before the season or maybe right after the first of the you know when our bow season started and like I don't know if I was having like a bad day at work or whatever. I came home and I was kind of like sitting on the couch and playing with my daughter or whatever. And she's like, dad, you want to go do something fun? You want to do something fun? And I'm like, that could mean playing Barbies or like (laughs) sitting in a princess house or like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you want to do? That's fun. She's like, can we go shoot our bows? And I was like, hell yes, we can go shoot our bow. Like, all right, you got me. Like, it was like it was exactly what I needed, you know. But that's like, you know, between like things like that and like I read stuff on online and and you watch videos and stuff. And like one of the things that resonated with me was a kid in a video saying like, "Now we got meat, Dad." So, um, <laughs> Josh Josh Mapes, uh, he he listens. I met him. He's a local guy here. Um, Overdrive Outdoors. He's got a real big. Uh, facebook page and stuff like that cool cool guy just tagged out in michigan with his bow public land but um but that's what his kid said and like i killed a deer and it was you know we got the video and all that stuff and it was warm and i you know cut it all up before my daughter even got to see it that's what she told me she goes well at least we got meat dad (laughs) you know like (laughs) like she didn't care whether it was a buck whether it was a doe she didn't care one She's like, now we got venison to cook on the grill. Like that's, you know, that's that, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember Harper, my oldest. Take, her first hunting was we would go turkey hunting, and of course, part of me is like, man, I really want to kill. I want I want her to see what a kill's like. This is before that had ever happened. And then when I get out there, she's got her little, she's got a rifle. It's a little fake toy gun, right? And she's bringing her gun with her. We're going to go kill turkeys. And she's probably, I don't know, she's little. She's three or four. Um, and when we get out there and I start calling, and I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm serious. I'm, 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 I'm wanting to call it a turkey. And then she's, then it hits me. You know, it's not about that. She goes, she's like, dad, daddy. I call turkeys now and she starts doing just making all these noises. And then that's when it hit me. It's not about killing these turkeys. It's this experience with my child. 
and 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 introduce. We never saw a turkey. We were not going to see a turkey with the calling that she was doing. But that is a lifelong memory that I'll have. Hopefully, she has and uh, introducing them to a, a sport that I love. Hopefully, that's something that gravitates towards her. You know, um, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I'm never going to force anything like that on my kids. I will support them and what things that they want to do. But, uh, you know, like you're saying, you know, at the end of the day, you had a tough day or whatever. And just just to be there with your kids, that's, that's you know, and, and, and doing something together that you love is, is, is just a phenomenal experience. But I'll be damned if she wants to shoot a crossbow. I'll let her, but I'm going to call her Rodney. <laughs> to make sure that she yeah. does it. Well, <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the way it works, though. Rodneys go out all the time, and they they shoot dukes left and right, and it's hard to swallow. Um, <laughs> man. I mean, because we're sitting here working our tails off 365 days a year. We might not be in the woods that much, but we're planning it in our minds, and we're thinking about it. And it, it, it's very seldom that we, we always get the opportunity to run across a duke. And these guys go out, you know, the armchair hunters that, that, that take their, their lazy boys out there and sit there. And in the first 20 minutes of light, that big joker steps out and, and the duke goes down by Rodney. That's a tough <laughs> pill to swallow. That, that reminds me of my last hunt. Like, well, I got back from the UP and I had seen a decent buck on some public land in this marsh area. And Adam had been uh, talking to one of his buddies who lives he in that area. He killed a freaking giant, too. Yeah. And and he's like, I'd been hunting, like, the east side of this marsh. Anyway, I'd went in on the north side, end up seeing this buck, and then I end up going up north. I came back, and the wind was perfect. Like, it was a south wind. I'm like, I went in there. I'm like, I told my wife, I was like, I... Went in there with every, like, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to kill this deer tonight. Like, everything was perfect. I get in there, and I've got everything set up. I got the camera set up. I did my interview, and I'm, like, just full of anticipation. Like, this is going to happen. Like, it wasn't one of those sits where I'm just sitting there, like, I hope I see him tonight, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was like, I knew I was going to see him. I knew what time, everything. And it's just like, time passed. I'm like, man, what the hell's going on? And I start looking, and I'm looking out into this marsh, and there's like this, it's like almost like a little finger ridge. It goes out in this marsh, and there's got a bunch of like big trees, and it's it's where they're bedding. And that's right where that buck came from. And I'm starting, I'm like looking out in there with my binos, like, is he getting up late? What's going on? And all of a sudden, I look, I'm like, what the hell is that? And here's this big-ass rifle slash crossbow tree stand homemade job it's got like a, a armrest on it or like a rifle rest and it's ratchet strapped up into one of these trees right in the middle of the bedding area i'm like <laughs> well mother effort no wonder why you know the duke is off up on he's up on the private land now like yeah rodney's in here i'm getting the hell out of here you know him and his buddy you know daryl just come in and put up the stand <laughs> i was so upset i was like oh son of a bitch but i did hear you know like michigan right now we're always you know I'm, we're always talking about how there's so many you know 
There's a lot of pressure on public land. This year, the the license are up 11%. It's the first time in over 20 years that the it's been a 20-year decline in hunting license. It's gone up 11%, which is a good thing. I mean, it's good for the sport, whatever. But it's also a bummer for some of the guys, that, the loyalists that, you know, been out there been pounding out it year after year. And now all of a sudden, I, I think I even told Adam this, like, Every spot that I've gone out to, like all my spots, I know that there's there's guys in the areas. I've you know I I used to put turkeys on all of them. And then it gets confusing when you're actually going turkey hunting. So uh, I've changed my icons now. But it's like I knew where all those guys used to be. Now there's even more. Like I wanted to put my my new Tacticam, you know, the the reveal out on this runway where I've hunted for several years. And all of a sudden, there's a tree stand, like, literally right on the runway. Like, son of a... But, al- but also, you t- you talked about, like, the the like the armchair guy or the guy that just goes out there and whatever. The the irony of that is, is that today is Michigan's rifle opener. And, like, not a single one of us went out. And it's on the weekend and everything like that. And, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, what... I mean, it was it's, it's shitty weather here today. Yeah, whatever. Super but the, windy rain. But the amount of guys that like end up that the Orange Army is like for real. And and one of the things, like I said, we'll get to it in another podcast. But like I have the week leading up to rifle season, and it's like every day there was more and more trucks, more and more guys, more and more everything. And it's just you know, it, well, I'd mentioned that too. I'm it, like, it, yeah, yeah, I'm like, dude, especially this one spot that he loves to hunt, and I freaking hate it i'm like especially leading up to like the last few days before gun season dude that's to me it's a waste of time because the guys that are gonna hunt it gonna they're out there you know prepping their they're rebuilding their blinds or they're putting their blind out or they got their ratchet straps ratchet straps and you know their ladder stick ladder stands and you know they're out there walking around and checking it and you know for for us it's really screwing it up but you know it is what it is it's their yeah, that's that's tough. Like, um, I know. I mean, it's the same here in Tennessee. Like, most of the archery season, I have the public land, not to myself, but there's very little intrusion on the to where I'm hunting. Or if I see a car parked, I can go somewhere else. I always, I always uh, typically have multiple uh, based on the wind. You know spots picked in case something happens like that but I, I all i know is when when muzzleloader season starts and you know like and you mentioned it and everybody's heard it the orange army comes in i mean that's the way it is here um muzzleloader has been in effect here uh this is going on week two and i think november the 21st rifle season starts but typically once muzzle muzzleloader opens here it's 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 just covered, and uh, uh, cat catman calls them Elmer Elmer Fuds, just walking <laughs> around. Um, it's 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 pretty much like that till about uh, the it, after Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving gets hammered, and then after that, it dies down a lot. But uh, you know, it's it's part of it. Uh, and luckily. <laughs> Right now, I, I was able to uh, um, uh, limit out on bucks this past week, and uh, uh, matter of fact, I'll be 
I was in Kentucky last week. Kentucky is my stinking nemesis. I'm going to be headed out tomorrow. I'm, you know, uh, I'm a high school teacher. We are remote learning. I will be able to go up to Kentucky tomorrow morning, and then I'm going to Zoom some of my classes, uh, and uh, I'll be able to hunt the mornings. I'll teach in the afternoons in the middle of the day, and then I will hunt the evenings. So I'm headed out tomorrow. Uh, uh, going to a part in Kentucky that is uh, bow only, and I'll be able to hunt three days before I come back. And then the the Orange Army in Kentucky is going to take over there. So um, I'm trying to make the, the most of my time and uh, fill some tags. So um, anyway, I'm I'm pretty much done in Tennessee till I start uh, trying to go bust some does late season. Uh, I'll take I'll take my rifle out for that. Is that does it does that make me a Rodney, um, John? Or <laughs> no, absolutely. As not. long as I'm not using a crossbow, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> has there been any, you you had mentioned the the CWD um, stuff? Has there been any changes in your your regulations um, other than that? Uh, other than you know doing some of that velvet hunt or whatever on public land in that for area? me for me. For me, no. So, so you know, if you look at the state of Tennessee, it's just. Uh, and, and let me let me preface this by saying there's no she said jokes. That's what she said. It's just a long state. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's it's very narrow but very long. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in the middle part of the state, and so the 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 west side. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with the west side, that would be the left part of the state on a map. Um, that's where the CW, some of the CWD counties are. It's, it's more, if you look at the map and look around the, the anything around Memphis and some surrounding counties is basically CWD. Um, there are some regulations and some things going on there, but since I have not been in that area to hunt, I could not uh, speak on that. The reason that I ask is just so... You had mentioned the the muzzleloader, and then that just kind of clicked it off for me. Is like, so where we're hunting, like the spot John hates and where I hunt a lot, and it all my spots span that same county basically. Um, yeah. But now with the rifle, you can well with any tag. But our rifle is usually buck, and then you need a dope permit. You can shoot whatever you want to with a rifle. And then they've said that now in muzzleloader season, you can use any rifle that's legal for the area. So it's just like one giant rifle season. Yeah. And uh, just it, kill it, all. it's just, you know, where uh, maybe it's going to decimate some deer, yes. Uh, but I think it gives guys more motivation because it's like, well, you know, I don't have a muzzleloader. It's too much pissing around or whatever like well i can just hunt you can just still hunt with your you know so they get an extra week of rifle season and they don't need a doe permit they can shoot whatever they want to so it's it, it is literally it's brown it's down so be careful you know, walking in the yeah. woods <laughs> yeah it's crazy yeah i'm i'm a you know my my favorite i'm a bow hunter I would say, you know, some people may argue that, but I love my bow. Even during rifle and muzzleloader season, I take my bow out most of the time. But I'm also, it's one of those things that it, whatever the mood hits me, I like killing. 
I've said that many times a day. I love to kill. I prefer to do it with my bow just because it's more of an intimate thing for me, getting in a close and all those things. But I have no hesitation of going and grabbing my muzzle loader or my rifle uh, to go kill an animal. I, I, I don't, there's no issue with that for me whatsoever. And, and you know, here, you know, it's different. Um, we're a two buck state, um, but in my part of Tennessee, we can kill up to three does a day. There's no, you don't have to get extra tags or anything like that. As long as you got the, the appropriate license, I can kill three does a day, every day. There's this watch. By the, any, the hunting public guys any, are down there doing that. Oh, yeah. They were here last week. Yeah. And those, those jokers were, were all over it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they, 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 uh, come and camped, uh, uh, close by and, uh, um, they ended up uh, hooking up with the Seek One guys and, uh, uh, they were all, they were hunting public land too. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I took a rifle out last year for one day, and I got reprimanded. I got a tongue lashing. I wasn't I wasn't called a Rodney, but I was, you know, I was put on a warning. And that's the, and that's the problem, man. Like <laughs> I don't know what you're even talking about. But like you got to do you got to do you. If, I mean, come on, listen. I'm a high school teacher. You know all the crap I've probably ever been said about me as a teacher and being a student. Like, man. I got thick skin. I do not care. I'm going to do what I want to do is if it is legal. Um, but now, come on. At the end of the day, too, whether I believe it's okay or not to do it, yeah, just me and my nature, I'm probably going to poke fun of you, even though I just did it last week and nobody knows. I'm going to poke fun of you just because I'm going to try and get the best out of you uh, and, and make fun of you to make you feel bad because that's that's who I am. It was John, and it hurt it was my feelings. Me. I'm like, dude, we got a bow hunting podcast, and you go out with your rifle. <laughs> I said, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, I was literally trying to jump. I was literally trying to jump shoot does. Like, <laughs> like so then like the next week, rats. I went out with my rifle. <laughs> but that was because. Uh, <laughs> oh, if if you, if you can't raz one of your buddies and give them ultimate hell, I mean, what? What good are you? Uh, yeah, I was just hurt. I mean, <laughs> it cut me deep, you know. Here, here, Frank's had the worst season of his life, and now he's he's bested that almost. And so he just wanted to shoot a deer. So I said, "All right, well, I got a spot where there's some deer," and I actually pushed some deer over to him. And uh, it just, well, you you're doing a favor then. Not in John's mind. I should have had a bow. You could have walked <laughs> with your bow in your hand. <laughs> You should have grabbed well, your. For, you should have grabbed your future, recurve. You could have jump shot for, a boat. For future, for future podcast stuff, I know now if if I want to get John ultra talkative, I'm going to talk about crossbows, rifles, muzzle loaders. <laughs> I might I might bust out a slingshot next time. I don't know. <laughs> At <Atlanta. laughs> Well, I mean, John. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the videos I put. I think I put them on Instagram or maybe on the story or something. Or no, it's just in our like small group for the Patreons, I think. But John was doing some Blow Hunter Chronicles uh, <laughs> videos that. with the fucking <laughs> the blow gun. That <laughs> sounded gun. great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> it, oh, it's it's on his OnlyFans.com. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
No. I have a blowgun. How's that? Those are okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade, dude. You, you, you do you, John. <laughs> oh, oh man, oh, it's funny. So, what do you got coming up then? Other than uh, you, so you said you're going to to Kentucky. What, what's so uh, difficult about Kentucky? Why, why man, is that so, such a okay. problem? So. I hunted Kentucky last year for the first time. I'm very close to Kentucky. It's about an hour drive. I'm going to go where I'm going. It's about a two-hour drive. No big deal. I went there last year three times. I took my bow twice, and I took my muzzleloader one time, Johnny. <laughs> and uh, and last year, these deer, I saw some really, really nice deer. But the problem is... When I saw them, it was when I was driving into the hunt in the morning or leaving in the afternoon or in the, you know, after dark. I never saw shooter deer when I was in the tree. Um, last week when I went, um, I saw one deer in four days and it was a shooter at 70 yards. He was probably, I'm going to guess, a 140s class deer and uh it's just been my nemesis i'm I'm a hunting sign left and right i mean there's mega sign in there i know that the the deer are there um but for whatever reason i just have not been able to get in a, a a position to to see the deer so i was talking to a anyway i after i left last week the guy, the other guys that were hunting out there stayed uh, three or four days. Um, there were a few bucks killed, um, and, uh, some dandies. And I had a buddy, uh, matter of fact, at church this morning, he was hunting Kentucky last week. He showed me, he killed one on Friday with a bow. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a nice one. He, the, the deer to my understanding and what I witnessed and what just talking to people last week, there was a lot of cruising, but there wasn't much chasing. And I think after I left around Friday of last week, the chasing really, really started. So um, when I uh, limited out in Tennessee last Friday, that just opens my door to, to be able to go. My plans now are to go to Kentucky tomorrow, hunt Kentucky at least Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, unless I kill, you know, early and then come back home. So I've got a tag there. I still have a Georgia tag. I'm gonna, I, I still plan on going and, and trying to fill that. Um, I got uh, some buddies down in the Atlanta area that uh, uh, I hunted there early season. Well, I, I hunted there the Georgia opening weekend, and I plan on going back there in December. So my plans right now, I'm done in Tennessee as far as buck tags. I really, you know, hope to get after some stuff in Kentucky this week. Um, and then uh, Mr. Ernie Powers is going to come down to Tennessee the first week of December. And uh, I'm going to go with him. I may be filming for him since I'm tagged out now. And we're going to try and get him uh, filled up on some buck tags. And at some point, I'm going to, like I said, Georgia. And uh, early January, uh I'm going back to Mississippi where I killed that swamp buck last year with THP guys. Uh, I'm going to go 
Ernie Ernie Powers is is going to meet me. We're going to go down there. That'll be his first time down there. And I'm trying to talk old Cat Daddy into into coming down there too. As of right now, that's it. I got a couple things. It's funny that you say that that you're going down there because I was I was telling my wife that there's a a veterans hunt that uh, I had an opportunity to go on a couple years, and uh, it always falls on the ATA weekend. You know, and so my wife was saying how she was uh, happy that there was no ATA and that there was <laughs> good, that there was going to be a break in the hunting talk for a minute. She's like, I know you guys will talk about it, but you won't be doing it. You know, there's not that hunting. And I'm like, well, I was like, well, in January, there's always this hunt down in, in Mississippi, <laughs> you know, that I haven't got to go go on, you know, and she's like. She's like, I feel like if you're going to go to Mississippi, you should hunt gators or hogs or something, not whitetail. She said, that's not a whitetail state to me. I was like, but it's funny that you say that you're going down there in January because I was like, I was like considering that myself. But Is that what, Saddlepalooza? No, it's a, it, there's like a, a veterans hunt through the, like the rover mm. uh, with Joe. Um, but one of the things I was going to ask you is like, it just seems odd. Like, and again, I, I, I'm a terrible hunter. So this is coming from like a, you know, this is for the listener, uh, AKA myself also. Um, like, why would you be more inclined to want to hunt when they're chasing, um, than when they're cruising? Cause it seems like for me, I would want to, I would rather that they were cruising so I could set up on like known areas where I would, you know, downwind of bedding, like things that were like, like legit predictable where, you know, I've, I've had deer like in the, in the chasing. I mean, I've seen a ton of bucks, especially like when there's one hunt, like in Ohio and I mean, hell, even one just, just last, this past week where, you know hot doe comes through or something and there's just bucks everywhere and you're like oh man that's awesome and then like when i was in ohio i had a buck at 45 50 yards and he had to take like you know and then he finally came around and he was he was 30 35 yards away or so one more step and he had cleared this bush and he was coming to to check me out because i was calling to him and whatnot and then that hot doe came back through and then the whole place blows up and and he's gone. Like I would think that like the the cruising is like the predictable portion of it where you know anything can happen when they're chasing. Oh, I, I agree. Um I mean cruising is is more optimal for for the hunter, but uh based on my experience, you know, the last few years, I haven't seen squat. The, I mean, so I said I saw a 140 ish class buck. It was the only thing I saw he was cruising uh, on my left side when I'm in my saddle and he's walking like a uh, 70 yards away and he's walking right behind me. I grunt at him and he doesn't stop grunt again. Nothing. I snort wheeze and dude stops in his tracks as he postures up and then slowly starts walking into this thicket. And I was like, I knew I was burned at that point because based on my experience, I mean, he's just going to bust through that thicket and then he's going to walk right behind me to win, to, 
to catch the wind. And that's exactly what I did. After about three minutes, I just kept watching behind me. I finally saw his legs and then he steps out and he gets straight downwind. And, uh, he, uh, he's, he looks my way for about two minutes trying to figure out where it's coming from. And he slowly starts to walk away. So I grunt one more time just to see what happens to see if I can get him fired up. That joker took off like a bat out of hell. He was gone. So I get what you're saying, but I also think if they are chasing, I think they're dumb as rocks because they're so focused on getting that female and and getting her that they don't pay as much attention uh, to the wind and some other things because obviously their mind is on most thing the most things the guys are thinking about anyway, and they're not thinking about getting in any type of danger. They're just focused on that that doe. So a lot of the deer I've killed during the rut is based on I've just you know screamed at them. You know I I can't get them to stop. So sometimes you just scream at them, and if you can get them to stop in that window, and you you can study your shot, you can kill that sucker. So I'm not opposed to doing that. But when they're cruising, yeah, it's got to be the right situation. If they got to be close enough and stuff like that, that's great. But that buck still had his wits about him, and I've had that happen a few times. You know, I I, I get them to do something, and then they go downwind and win me, and it's it, it's it's pretty much over. The buck I shot last Friday, I was on full draw at him a week earlier, and uh, I had him at twenty twenty five yards. He was walking, falling some does, right going out into a field at three o'clock in the afternoon, and and the does weren't hot yet. Um, he was just, I mean, there was no chasing. He was just following them, like waiting for it to happen. And uh, I grunted at him too, and uh, he didn't move. And then I snort wheezed at him, and he came right back in. I just never could get a shot at him. Um, and then a week later. Uh, this past Friday, he was. Uh, I saw the does, and I see him following. Basically, the same scenario. He was following those does again, not chasing, just just kind of keep. It was like he was their bodyguard, and uh, uh, gave me a, a shot opportunity, and I uh, took care of him. And uh, the doe he was one the uh, one of the does that he was bodyguarding. She didn't want to leave either, so she was being nosy. So she had to she had to go in the in the back of my truck also. <laughs> so, like, like for our listener, then, like, you know, kind of maybe you know we've been it's damn near two hours right now. Um, so maybe like a parting shot, like, what do you you know? Normally we would say like, what's your bow setup? Blah blah blah. We've been through that. I mean, you're this is old hat for you by this point. You know, it's uh round two you know so like what tips would you have for like this time of year for like peak rut for that chasing phase type like what are your setups or like how what would you say okay this is where i've been successful this is what i look for this is how i get it or are you just saying okay well, i just want deer sign i want a bond a bunch of dope no do you ever no, sit all day? um you you well you said it well, there's many options here obviously but you said it earlier um my plan is the next three days, I'm going to go uh, get in and I'm going to play the win based on betting. I'm going to try to get tight in betting or 
um, or area. And here, here's the deal. I'm going into Kentucky. I've hunted this area a little bit, but I don't have super knowledge on it. So I'm going into pinch points where I know that deer, based on sign from the past or sign, like I'm going to try to scout a little bit tomorrow before I hunt the after or the evening. Um, but I'm going to get in tight to some thick stuff, like where I know I'm fairly confident just, just on the experience. I could totally be wrong, but based on the experience of where uh, does should typically be in bedding and uh, some pinch points and uh, uh, the, 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 the buck that I saw at 70 yards, I, I was hunting on a saddle. Uh, not in my phantom tethered saddle, but on a legit saddle on a ridge. Um, uh, and that dude was, I was in the right spot. I was just too far away. So and how, how sent, tight is tight to betting? I was, I was, uh, probably 50 yards from that. I think it just depends on the situation. I mean, here's the deal. We can say you should be 10 yards or 20 yards. I think it's all situational and, and you got to uh, go with what the, the, the land gives you. And, uh, obviously depending on how you're hunting, if you're hunting out of a saddle, you're, you're able to get in a little bit more tree. Uh, but if you're in a lock on or which is still pretty much, uh, you can get in a lot of trees or, or if you're in a, a, a climber, um, unless you're a Rodney, bringing a ladder stand all the way through the woods to set up. I mean, that's, that's different, but, uh, I think it's a situational thing. So here's what I would do different based on, I made a mistake in my opinion. So when I set, I was on, uh, there's a big, just thicket that I knew was holding does. Actually, the reason I know that is I had a, uh, Tacticam reveal camera, which, I'm, I'm not plugging them because I make anything. I just, I just now got them. Um, I, I had, I stuck in there to see, and there were deer coming in there left and right. And I had one deer, uh, one buck coming in the last two mornings just before shooting light. So that's where I went my last day there. And uh, I sat in the middle of the saddle, like I was square in the middle of the saddle. Now that buck was cruising the side of the saddle. Um, and as soon as, well, I'll just tell you what I did. As soon as he, I had that encounter with him, my thought was, okay, that's, that's the way the wind's going. They're not coming through the saddle. They're coming on the edge of it. You know how a lot of bucks will, will go midway down a ridge or halfway down. They won't come to the top and be skyline and stuff like that. So as soon as that happened and I had that encounter, I hate to do it because I'm always afraid that another deer is going to come on me or walk by. I took everything down. I tore everything down and I moved about 50 yards over. So where I was not in the middle of the saddle anymore, I was on the side of it. I never saw another deer that day. Um, I hunted till I hunted till noon. I was there before daylight and he came in about 45 minutes after daylight. And I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be on. I thought I was going to be all over it, and uh, it was just part of it. So I think that that's the thing. I think you can't be afraid. You know, I don't think you have to be be afraid to move. If if the deer are on one path or typically, and if you've witnessed that a little bit, get up and move. 
you know, you might get busted, sure. But at the, at the same time, if they're not coming down your, your path or in your area, you got to put yourself in a better position to, to where they might be coming from. And I've heard guys say, hey, I've already had six, six shooters walk by, but they're just out of range. And I'll say, well, are, are they, what are they doing? Oh, they're wall walking down the same path. Well, they're doing that for a reason. Get your butt up and move. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, you get some good video footage. <laughs> well, no it, it, and, and that's what I was asking you because, like, so twice now over this past week, like, I've been set up and I've the, – the first time I knew I needed to be further out in there and uh, I didn't move and then that's where the – that's where I saw the deer. And – but, man, when I was that full draw at that one just the other day, like – I was 52 yards from the edge and I needed to be like 30 yards. I, I, I'm just realizing, I think that cause I, I killed a buck two years ago, 200 yards from there. And I was 10 yards from the, the edge and that's right. I mean, I killed him at 25, but he was 10 yards from the edge of the, the thick shit. And it, it, I was, I was thinking like while I was up there and all these deer did the same thing, took that same path. And I was like, you know, I I needed to be closer, but like in the moment when I was walking up there, there was like Rodney and all of his cousins and brothers and uncles and grandmas have their stands in there. And like, I can tell that their gun stands or crossbow stands or whatever, because they're 60, 80 yards, a hundred yards from, from the edge of the stuff. So they're, they're shooting their, right. their long weapons, uh, <laughs> into the thick shit. But I just, I knew I needed to be closer, but it wasn't close enough. And that's why I was asking if you have like a, a comfort zone in that, in that situation. I, I, I think it's, again, it's all situational. You know, some of it, some of it is feeling. Yeah, some of it is visually what you're seeing. Um, you know, it's it's easy for me to sit here, obviously, and say, you know, yeah, I got up and moved because I saw this buck do this. You know, the, 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 it was only one buck. You know, I, if I if I'd seen other bucks come on the other side, I could, you, you know, or, or if I was getting down and a buck busted me, that was a shooter. You can say, Oh, you screwed up. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd second guess myself, but, uh, I, just, just being a hunter and being out in the woods is as much as I have. And I'm just a lot of his intuition and going on experience. I'm going to screw up a lot. And there's a lot of times that I, I might, and I have made the wrong decision, but, uh, I think that, it's it's easy to to overthink things too and second guess yourself and all that that's super easy to do i just i think a lot of it goes on the wind playing the wind uh, if you're going to hunt a bedding area i think you have to play it up for the bucks to get cruise downwind of that and you got to put yourself in a situation to be able to take that shot and if you're if you do let's say you do that and you witness a few bucks taking the same path, they're, they're, you know, they're getting something that you're not seeing or smelling or whatever, obviously. 
So I think that's when you got to get up and move, and maybe maybe you're you're too close, and you go you go further. I mean, you guys know how many times have you watched the weather channel app or whatever app you're using, and the wind's supposed to be doing one thing, but it's swirling or going four different directions in 20 minutes. And I mean, sometimes you, sometimes those things are just you can't you can't help. Um, but I, I think you got to go with experience and your knowledge and, and make a decision and do it. If, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Just don't overthink it. I think we as hunters tend to overthink things or, or, or we out clever ourselves when we're not very clever to begin with, especially me. But, uh, I, you know, and, and another thing is I, what I like to do, and I've had a little bit of experience. I'm not going to say this is, it's been always money for me. Hunt the hunters. Hunt those Rodneys out there, right, John? Hunt right. the Rodneys, and what they're doing uh, may help you. And and hunt based on okay. So if they're upwind and these these deer have a chance to smell them, you know, go to where they're going to be away from them and capitalize on them circling around those Elmer Fudd guys, uh, and, and and use that to your advantage. Right, that's kind of like what I was saying when I used to mark them all. Like every time I'd find a stand, it was nice because I could do that exact that exact thing. It's like, all right, well, he's there's one here and here and here, you know, and I can play it out. And then all of a sudden, now they just kind of there's even more of them, so it's <laughs> it's getting a little tighter. But yeah, definitely, that's great advice. Hunt the hunter. Yeah, and I think that I, I know I know we gotta get off. We've been going for a while, but yeah, I think a lot of people. I only think about hunting the deer, but there's other things out in the woods, and you got to take that into consideration. If there's other hunters out there, the deer are going to adjust, and you have to adjust too. That that's the whole thing. Like adjusting is is very nuanced, right? So one of the things I was going to say is like, you know, that experience piece. Like the same guys kill deer every year all the time consistently and so it's not like well you you can't say everything is situational if you haven't been in that situation you know and so that's where like and, and maybe like to john's point with the 11 percent increase and the more stands and the everything you know we are essentially shooting ourselves in the foot by you know saying Oh, you can use base map and it'll show you where the wind is and where everything is. You can mark all these other stands. You can do all this other stuff. And, you know, there's people popping up in places that they've never been. And then you listen to all the podcasts out there that are telling you, like, these are the things that you need to look for, right. you know. And now you've got guys all over over top of you. And it gets yeah. a lot more, you know, that there's more guys out there going the extra mile because they're sick of, the results that they've been getting, right. you know, right. So and now there's more resources. Well, and, 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 you, and you said that you said, you know, you know, I said everything is situational and some guys, yeah, they might not have heard or, or excuse me, have experienced that before, but that's where I think, uh, trying to gain as much knowledge as you can by listening to podcasts of, of, of really good hunters or experiences and, um, you know, trying to soak in as much knowledge as you can. Like, I'm never going to be um, 
topped out as a hunter. I'm always learning. And if I, if, if you don't have the mindset of you're always needing to learn, um, I think that you're, you're limiting yourself. Like, uh, just, you know, life lesson number one is, as, as a human being, there's always something to learn. There's always new things. And, and I think you have to, to listen and surround yourself, even, even with bad knowledge, you know, I've learned so much from guys that do it the wrong way. And I'll learn that, Hey, that's not the way I need to do it. And I, 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 I mark that off of my list of things that I should or shouldn't do. Right. So, um, but the biggest thing is, is experience. I'm, I'm a better hunter today because I've learned how not to do things from mistakes and just being out in the woods and, 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 and experiencing watching these deer and their movements and their, their habits. And, you know, if I, if I make a noise or if I call to them or whatever, seeing their body language, that, that stuff's huge, huge. I mean, and that's everything in life. Again, experience is key. And for the inexperienced hunter, uh, you know, they, some guys come out and have success right away, but that doesn't make them a good hunter. You know, I, and I don't claim to be. I've had a, I've had a lot of luck in my life, and I, I'm not I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, but at the same time, I don't I don't look at that and say, oh yeah, I'm good. Um, it's not about being good. It's just it's it's about enjoying myself, having fun, and and, and, and gaining knowledge and trying to get better. That's what it comes down to. I I think I'm just such a bad hunter that everything is luck, and it just it just ends up being you know like. I get luckier the more I do it, so maybe maybe well, I'm getting better. Experience. But I, but he, every time it happens, I'm like, no shit, like that never happens. Like, I, well, you know what's going on? So I, I like I said, I always just try and view everything like from the listener's perspective of like people that are like act like trying to learn. That's what I'm trying to. I mean, just to. Everybody out there listening, don't do what we do. Just go out and be yeah. a Rodney, yeah. you, and you, you'll be lucky, and you'll kill monster <laughs> bucks. You know, there's 150 inch around every corner. And, well, and, that, that that seems a bit ring true. Rodney's <laughs> always killed the Dukes. I, if I thought that people would actually listen to this episode, I would name it Rodney's and Dukes with Adrian Wilson. But <laughs> well, hey, 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 here's proof right here. My my biggest buck ever was my first buck kill ever. And that was nothing but luck. I'm sitting with a rifle. I'm sitting in the stand at first light. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to rattle. I don't know what I'm doing. And I rattle. And this joker comes running in out of a thicket. I don't even know what the wind was. I didn't play the wind back then. Now, but, but to my defense, I was probably – taking three showers before I went and hunted and used every sent away product out there. Um, so when didn't matter. Right. <laughs> and, uh, this, this deer comes running in at 60 yards and I, and I put him down. I don't even know what I've got. You know, I'm, I'm a new hunter at this, this point. Cause if you guys remember, I didn't start hunting until I was like 28 years old. I killed that joker my, my first year hunting. And, uh, it's my, it's still my big bow gun muzzleloader, slingshot whatever my biggest buck to date so and he's and that's that's the only one i ever scored he's like 144 145 and change 
So just uh, to further that, did you go go and do the same thing on the next hunt and the next hunt and the next hunt? Did you just rattle your ass off like every time because that was what worked for you? Hell yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I'm I, I'm a, I was a rattling fool. I was I was waiting for them all to come running in, just like that they did. And and the funny thing is, that year, back then Tennessee had a three buck limit. Um, I don't know how many good bucks I rattled in that year that I just flat out missed. <laughs> I mean, like I thought that was the way to go, man. All you gotta do is get you some some rattling horns or a rattle bag, and these jokers just come running to you. <laughs> You probably were the expert too. Like I'm, you know, I just all I did was rattle, and here they come. Oh yeah, hey, I, I could imagine it. If only I was on Facebook back then, <laughs> I'd be telling everybody how to kill deer. <laughs> this is what you got to do. Oh, Four showers, goodness. send away spray, <laughs> rattle bag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, my. Tink six, Tink sixty nine, in 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 a half hour uh, shape around your stand. Don't worry about anything downwind because we're not playing the wind because you've showered all these times. Yes, and that's hilarious. That that is so money right there. You know how many guys are on Facebook talking about that their their big butt kill because they did this that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. <laughs> Man, I, I'm so disappointed that there's no ATA that we're not going to get to to hang out and drink some beers this year. I know. That's why you guys are going to come and hunt uh, Tennessee during turkey season. And, we're, well, we'll we'll drink beers and then hunt a little bit of the time. You just give us some dates, man. I'm in. I'm in. That's easy. All right. It's done. It's done. I, I mean, we, we've got this recorded. Don't you edit this out of the podcast. <laughs> Adam. Well, I got you too, John. So. Right. Well, I was just telling my wife, I'm like, you know, after watching the hunting public is like, go down to Tennessee. You can, you can get your license for a spring Turkey. Then you come back in the fall for a fall Turkey. Plus you get two buck tags and like, and then the doe tags, as long as you're in the right area. It's like, well, oh, I, I, you can, you can book it. So. Turkey season and next deer season, wherever THB guys hunted this, this past week, which I won't name it, but everybody locally will, will know where it's at, um, is going to get hammered. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hammered. For sure. So, but, but, I mean, that's only part of what we're doing anyway. We, we, we mentioned the, the beer drinking part, so we right. can get that taken care of pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you get you guys always have a place to say, just come whenever you want to. Yeah, you I know mean, that. With all the the polos that we do, I've seen your garage. There's plenty of room. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there's no room in the garage. It's all it's all junk that I learned that I don't need to be a hunter type stuff. A lot basically. of tree stands. <laughs> I, I've been trying to sell those. It's I'm a pack rat, man. Like. Those tree stands might come in handy one day, even though um, I don't have any private land. But uh, always, I'm, I'm, it's wishful thinking that hey, I'll have some private land. I'll put all these stands up there, and just have a quick hunt after work or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, man, I and I'm not anti uh, stands at all. I mean, I think they're awesome. But 
I've just been saddle hunting for so long now. That's just kind of my, it just feels good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting to be that way for me. Like I've been in so many trees that I've been like, well, I, I'm the worst tree chooser ever. <laughs> um, but I've been in so many trees that I could have got it in a climber and I'm like, well, it's just less to pack in and all that stuff. And then I've been in so many trees that I'm like, that's a great tree. I could never get in that with a climber. And then I get up there and I got branches in front of me and everywhere. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like that's, 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 that's a learning curve for me. Have you noticed, have you noticed I've caught myself, I caught myself doing this when I first started saddle hunting, I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, I can get in any tree ever. It doesn't matter what it has. A hundred branches? Shoot, I can get through that and sit in it. But then at the end of the day, I still found myself climbing the straight up and down trees and didn't have any branches because that's what I was used to in the in the, in a climber. Did you guys do that? Oh, yeah. And then I climb up to the same spot that I would climb into a climb, climber. So I climb right <laughs> into the canopy or like into the into the forks and stuff. And then when you set your yeah. tether and you're like, well, this is this is stupid. It's like this is work. the worst <laughs> place ever. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We we need to do a, uh, a, a or you guys need to do a, a podcast on just stinking what not to do as a hunter. Well, I and feel like just, that's what every episode is, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's you, Adam. John and I laugh at you behind your back. <laughs> Um, but we're going to play along and act like we're with you. Uh, no, are you kidding me? My whole life as a hunter is, is a whole bunch of what not to do. Golly. Well, but people don't say that. They don't know. I mean, I think that that's why people like to listen to us is because it's either like listen to these fools or they're like, well, I'm better than that guy. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, because in this day and age, you know, people don't like to show failure they don't like to say that they don't know everything you know and then like fuck i'm the i'm the biggest like like self-deprecation like these are i'll show you what not to do like i still have a knot on my head from like the other like maybe three days ago i climbed up again picked the tree you know climb up there set my tether and i grab the tether and i tighten up the prussic so i'm out of my lineman's loops and i fucking knot my head right on this branch like that's right in my face (laughs) and i'm like oh this is gonna be an awful awful sit you know like yeah every time every time like i just but but at the end of the day you know like you know we're sitting here talking and, and, and and listeners are listening in and you gotta give them something they can they can relate to um I, myself, I am with Tethered. I've been surrounded and I've been lucky to, to have really good friends and, and people that are known um, to to the hunting community. But I don't, I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm a, a real person from the standpoint as, you know, if I'm going to help anybody in anything I've done is I've got to show them my failures and there's way more failures than positives and, and successes. Um, but, I don't. I don't sit there and uh, I learn from my failures, but I don't sit there and, and and worry about them other than trying to perfect the, the mistakes I make. So I think the blue collar guy 
like we are, um, really relates to that. Like, you know, I'm not getting on here, you know, and I'm not saying any names, and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying this in a way to to point or call anybody out. But I don't get on this show and sit there and say my name is Adrian Wilson and I've killed X amount of bucks and so many are Pope and Young and I've done it for this amount of time and I'm really good because I'm not. I've had some success, yeah, and I don't mind telling you that. And I'll tell you what made me successful uh, or how that luck played it, uh, its part into it. But at the same time, let me show you what I did and what not to do so you won't make the same mistake or or what have you because at the end of the day, you know, people love hunting and want to, to harvest animals, whether they're mature or not. And if I can help them in some way or give them a laugh along the way, I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> There's no shortage of laughs with you, man. And, and I mean – with you, the, the, I mean, the, the takeaways from this are it's either situational and you got to know, or just rattle them in. Like this, those are the two things that oh, I took away. Yeah. Hey, look, look, you can finish this episode up right here. At the end of the day, if all else fails, rattle those bastards in <laughs> every time, 100% done. You're going to kill a booner. You're going to kill a booner. Rattle, grunt, Especially, snort wheeze. Oh, snort! Hey, I'm gonna tell you. You don't forget about the snort wheeze because, especially, um, I, I've killed. I killed one buck three years ago that I snort wheeze that was going into a thicket sixty yards away, and I snort wheeze, and I learned from this. And I don't. I don't. I, I'd love to give somebody credit for it because I don't remember where I heard it or if I saw it on a video. I snort wheeze when this joker went and it, and it stopped him. He didn't stop on the grunts. The snort wheeze stopped him, but he then continued to go into the thicket. And I, I was in my saddle. I was in my saddle and I waited for about four or five minutes watching behind me where the wind was going. And he came out and I killed that joker because he was going downwind to win me. This was during the rut. Um, it was a matter of fact, I, I can tell you the date. It was November the 13th. And, uh, uh, I'll never forget that. And that's, that's always stuck out in my mind. I heard that from somewhere again. I wish I could get my credit for it, but I don't remember where I heard it or saw it. And I killed that deer because I waited on it to come downwind and it came downwind at like 14 yards. And I stuck it with a NAP kill zone, baby. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's enough. I've had enough of this guy. We're gonna no more nap kill zone success stories on this podcast. This will be the last one. Adrian, I appreciate your time, but get that shit out of here. So, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm in kudos and uh, uh, iron wheel now. <laughs> so, where can everybody follow along with all, all of your stuff? I mean, I know you're on the the the. The, the Tethered Nation YouTube, you know, you're in the THP, you're in uh, Catman's videos, but, you know, where can they follow along if they just want more rattling and scent control? <laughs> well, I, that that's my premium account. That's a paid account. Um, uh, I will have to uh, give that information out to those 
the select few that might want to pay me for that. Um, but other than that, if you just want to follow along, I have a public uh, uh, Instagram under Big A Sports. Uh, come and follow me there. I'm on Facebook, Adrian Wilson. I'll add you if you friend request me. I don't really post a lot on there just because I just because I don't. Instagram is my jam, and uh, that's about it. Um, if you're lucky, I, or if I'm lucky, I might be able to score a, a a podcast or two here and there when they they need to fill some spots, stuff like that. And don't forget uh, BillyCurringtonMusic.com. Uh, he's got some great songs. <laughs> Change the tunes for uh, I Like Drinking Beer or whatever to like I Like Killing Deer. Ooh, <laughs> or I'm, pretty, ooh, I'm, I'm not a song. I'm not a songwriter, but John, you and I need to hook up, brother, in, 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 in a songwriting type of way. Well, that's going to close this one out, man, so. That's all we got. Oh, man, this was a marathon, and I feel like I can keep going. But, boys, y'all have a, y'all have a good rest of your evening, and uh, I'll be in contact and let you know what's going on with me, and hopefully I can send you some big slammer picks of Kentucky and anything else that, that I rattle in the rest of the year. <laughs> Perfect, man. Sounds Thank good. you. All right, boys. Y'all have a good night. Thank you.